This is Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the Ball Game on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Going on and welcome. Yeah, a little extra pep in the step for championship week for the Mountain West Basketball Tournament starting this week. Big Sky Basketball Tournament. Heck yeah. Excited to be around. Oh, can I throw in? Some Boise State spring football, I might add. Yes, welcome. Idaho Sports Talk, Prater in the ball game. Appreciate you guys on KTIK. The ticket got a big week. Uh, what a time it is, early, mid-March. There's so much going on. The weather was fantastic today in downtown Boise. So uh, this is going to be a fun week. We're glad you're with us. I'm Johnny Ballgame. Appreciate you guys. JP in the rowpaint.com studio across the glass, pressing all the buttons. He's our program director and my partner. Another spring, another championship week, Prater. Another March madness. Here we go on a Monday. This is going to be a good week. I can tell already. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, ball game. How are you? How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. It's yeah. So it's fired up. Let's get after it. It is championship week, and uh, it's pretty cool that there's basketball about a two hundred yards. I can hit a golf club from here out to where I think there's there's some basketball. Oh, maybe it take me three times to get there, but it's a close, close, close. Yeah. Wow, downtown like about boy, big sky basketball, men and women. We're already deep into games. The Mountain West tournament started yesterday. We've already eliminated teams. Ball game. We're just starting championship week, and teams have already been eliminated for the season. So that's a pretty exciting thing, at least you know in terms of the developments and moving forward. But uh, ball game, we're fired up for football, for basketball. You you even brought a little extra step into the meeting this morning. I did. How yeah. so? You were just fired up on a Monday morning. Okay. I mean, Thanks, you slammed Prater. the door. You walked in like you were all Mister Tornado. You were all fired up and excited. I, Nobody gets that excited on a Monday morning. I didn't mean to slam the door like I that. I know, but you were just excited. I, and JP like looked at me like, "Why are you slamming the door, man?" And He's excited. Like, JP, I didn't mean to like. I wasn't trying. It's okay. I I, I, I accepted your apology. <laughs> oh, you didn't even have to apologize. It's just a sign of excitement, man. Thanks, JP. Uh, you guys, we want you to be a part of the show, as always. One number, 208-424-9300. Either call our Fat Guys Fresh Jelly hotline or text the Cloverdale Plumbing text line. And obviously, we'd appreciate a follow all forms of social media. Download the KTIK app on your phone. Uh, certainly this month. These next few weeks, you're going to want it because we're going to have some great shows for you. And to be honest, it's going to start today. Prater, this hour, pretty much entirely focused on what's going on at Boise State, whether it's football or basketball. And later on, what, about 15 minutes or so from now, KHD, Kakani Hamarni Gonzalez. <laughs> you and butchered I, that. I think I, I think I blew that one. Yeah, you missed it by nine letters. K- and I'm oh. <laughs> and I'm only making fun of you because I've never attempted to say his name. I know. It's KHG. KHG, uh, the center of the Boise State football team, was gone the entire season last year. Uh, he spoke with the media, and uh, you'll listen to that a little bit and get to know a player that you really haven't gotten to know all that well. And Prater, KHG, talk to anybody around that program. Losing him was a huge loss last year. Huge loss, and having him back is a monster game. I cannot wait for you guys to hear what he has to say here in about 10 minutes. Uh, pretty good stuff. And then at 5 o'clock, Hank Bachmeyer, uh, lots of stuff standing out. We met, spent some about 15, 20 minutes with Hank Bachmeyer uh, this, this morning. And the one thing that stands out, He's still he is still very much dealing with and doesn't always appreciate the ghost of Kellen Moore. 
Oh, that's funny. He had a great Kellen Moore line Yes, he today. did. Yes, he did. Do not miss <laughs> Hank Bachmeyer at 5 p.m. right here on Idaho Sports Talk. Also, um, Coach Mike Krzyzewski Prater at 5.15. This is going to be a lot of fun because you know Coach K had his farewell game at Cameron. They got beat by North Carolina, and uh, you're going to try to pull the hate out of me, aren't you, pal? <laughs> I cannot work. We're going to actually debate two things today, and I, and I already can smell victory twice. And yeah, yeah. at four fifteen, we're going to get after Calvin Ridley. If you haven't heard, the Atlanta Falcons wide receiver. Let me rephrase that: the former Atlanta Falcons <laughs> wide receiver, technically still with the team, but the NFL has suspended him for a year because of gambling. Johnny and I have very different ideas about gambling in the NFL and gambling in sports, and we certainly have very different ideas on Coach K. I was watching the Coach K thing over the weekend. I don't understand the hate. And then you just piped right up and said, I understand the hate. And you went on a 20-minute rampage. You must hate this man. I don't understand why you hate this man. And I can't wait for you to explain why you hate this man. Your your thoughts on Coach K. Text us, 208-424-9300. Love him, hate him, respect him, but hate him. I mean, no one can say he's, a, he's bad at what he does, but... Uh, there. Anyway, just let us know your 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 level of uh, love or hate for Coach K, and we'll catch up with Andy Harrington, the state championship winning head boys basketball coach at Hawaii. What a what a story that was, Prater. I don't know if you saw pictures of the Ford Idaho Center on that championship game. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was like the Snake River Stampede was in town or something. They packed that place for local high school basketball and. Why he becomes a really interesting story. We'll say forever. You know, year one for them, they're able to you know bring home a state championship banner. Yeah, and, and for Coach Harrington, it's a, it's a two time deal. And uh, last year he won it. This year he won it. Two different schools. Um, I, I I can't wait to hear this guy's story. It's uh, he's a very I, I don't know anything about him other than he looks like he's twelve and uh, he's very very accomplished and accomplished more than the three of us have ever accomplished in our lives in terms of winning a couple of state championships. Uh, so yeah. I cannot wait to talk to Andy Harrington. At uh, We're going to do that at what, 4 o'clock, 4.15? Yep, 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock, okay, cool. All right, well, let's get this thing started today. Before we get going, I have, or, well, let's get this thing going. i got a couple of things here, Prater. First, uh, you know, I know it's in the past now. We want to move forward with Championship Week and the Mountain West Conference Tournament. But just, you know, I couldn't help but see your tweet during the loss, Boise State in Fort Collins against Colorado State on Saturday. You were like, of course, I'm completely wrapped up into this game right now. You know, you were saying it was meaningless and whatnot, and you found yourself watching the whole damn thing. What were your thoughts of the regular season finale? Boise State goes down to Colorado State. Well, I'm 100% right last week when I said it was meaningless because they lost the game and we woke up this morning and I, I don't even feel like we lost or there was a loss or Boise State basketball lost or there was a loss somewhere in this community. It was a, uh, a meaningless game. It didn't affect Boise State's outcome. It didn't make it better. It didn't make it worse. But yes, I got sucked into the drama of the competition, and that's okay when you're kind of caught up in the moment. I was listening to a little Chris Lewis on the television. I was listening to a little Bob Beeler mm. on the radio, yeah. and I was kind of going back and forth uh, doing my thing at the house, and I thought, oh, oh, this looks like a pretty fun, entertaining game, and who doesn't love five minutes of intense competition? So I did get sucked into it a little bit, but it doesn't change what I said. doesn't change what I feel last week. It was an entirely meaningless basketball game. Yes, they competitors got on the floor and played hard and did what competitors do. But the outcome had no bearing on the before, during, and after of this Boise State basketball team. But, yeah, those five minutes were fun. I like the fact that, you know, Leon was really short in his postgame presser. He snapped at BJ a couple times. I always love coaches who snap at Reigns, man. Always 
get a chuckle at that. You could tell he was very irritated with losing that game. He wasn't just shaking it off. I like that. Again, if I'm loving this basketball team and I'm thinking this basketball team might go on some type of a run from here on out, I mean, those are the little signs I think I take away from, hey, I just like this team. They're just not going to fold it up. They're not going to mail it in. You know, They're going to compete. It doesn't matter what they're playing, and here we go. Now we transfer into the Mountain West tournament where they're the number one overall seed, and then you're going to get either a New Mexico or a Nevada team that's you know, obviously going to try to have their own run. Uh, JP, I read, he had a tweet that said something like, maybe it's good that they lost that game. Get a bad taste in your mouth going into the conference championship. You know, sometimes when you can feel defeat on you and you know that feeling, you fight maybe or you focus a little bit more to make sure you don't stink and have that feeling again. I don't know what area of that you subscribe to. Like for some teams who are on a roll or whatever, it's good to get a loss every once in a while just to maybe get some focus back. I don't know if Boise State lost any focus. Um, I don't think it helps or hurt. I mean, you know, I, I can see it, and I really too, do believe that Colorado State and Boise State are going to end up in the title game and play you for do. a third yeah. time. I, I just, you know, I mean, crazy things are going to happen all week long. There's no doubt about that. But I just, you know, don't see, I mean, looking at it rationally, I just don't see any other way than Boise State, Colorado State playing on, on Saturday afternoon. And we're going to sit around. It's hard to beat somebody three times in a row. This stupid lazy media is going to throw that cliche out there a thousand times this week. So embrace yourself for that. Um, I will say I I, I do like what you said, though, in terms of Coach Rice. It it is a little piece of the puzzle. It is a sign. And I don't know if Leon Rice believes that he was angry, if he had angst, if he was upset. But I think he was coaching at that moment. He was sending a message at that moment. And I'm not sure he would have done that in the past. Maybe he has and I forgot. But I liked him reacting that way. And I think it was a little Lou Holtz coachingisms, you know? You little, always pull the Lou Holtz out of your butt. Because on I love the Lou Holtz coaching mentality is brilliant. It's genius. <laughs> and, and it needs to be celebrated and put in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I really, really do like it. And I really do think it's effective at time. And in this particular case, I think Leon Rice. Uh, he put on a little bit of a show and uh, and sent a message, and I liked it. Are you convinced that the dark rain cloud that seems to follow Leon Rice in this tournament, you know, he's the guy that can't escape the rain cloud, right? It just follows him wherever he goes, Prater. Are you convinced that, that, that he at least has an umbrella now, that this team is that umbrella and he's not going to get wet from that rain cloud and that all the other times where it wasn't on his side, things didn't go his way in Vegas in this tournament, are you convinced that this team is different and it's more about the team than it is the coach and this team isn't going to let the past Leon Rice collapses happen again? Are you more convinced that or are you more convinced or unconvinced that hey, man, anything can happen in this tournament. And again, this is Leon Rice, and you know his record in this tournament. He's been in this league 12 years. He's never been to the championship round of this thing. Uh, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Uh, if, if Leon Rice loses early in this tournament, no, I'm not going to be surprised. Yeah. Uh, do, do I have a lot more faith in this team because of this team? Absolutely. Do I think Leon Rice is coaching uh, better than he's ever coached? I do. Whether it's the team itself or Leon or the staff, I, I think – this whole family is together on the same page right now. I really, truly believe it's a all-family affair, and it's a, it's kind of a beautiful thing to watch right now. So, yeah, there, there's some confidence. And, and really, they just have to get into the – they just have to win one game. 
they have to win just one game. And I don't care what happens after that. I mean, they're going to the NCAA tournament no matter what. So even if they lose to Nevada or New Mexico at 1 o'clock on Thursday, post game right here at 3 o'clock, Idaho Sports Talk on KTIK. If that happens, then, um, yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow. That's not good. You don't want to go to the NCAA tournament facing a three-game losing streak. Dude. That would suck. But I, be, I don't see that happening. But if they just win the one game, they're comfortably in the NCAA tournament. Two-game losing streak. Well, if, if 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 they lose last week and if they lose the first round of the tournament, going into the NCAA tournament, they would be facing the potential for a three-game gotcha. losing streak. And then, yes. then that would be... You don't want be, to end the season on the three-game That would be a tough way streak. to lose this season. Yes. Right. That, and I don't see that happening. But... Uh, I don't know, nobody's going to be surprised by anything. I, I still, don't either, but I think you're right on that one thing, Prater. I mean, let me know right now. Text me. Are you guys going to be surprised if Boise State is one and done in the Mountain West Conference Tournament? If so, how surprised? To what level of surprise will you be if, I just dare say, it happens again and they go out in the first round? We'd love to hear that. 208-424-9300. Let us know on that sucker. But Prater... Part of the beauty of, of this show and this week and everything we're doing is because we're, we're shuffling, man. We're shuffling basketball, going dancing, and football with a lot at stake at this football season and spring camp and everything going on with that. It's a fun time to be a Bronco sports fan, bro. Very fun time. KHG, how bad did you miss him last year? Okay. How bad did he miss you last year? He'll talk about all that stuff including his relationship with starting quarterback Hank Bachmeyer, the center, KHG, right here on Idaho Sports Talk. We're Prater in the ballgame. We'll be back on 95.3 The Ticket. Do you pick the upsets or the favorites? Play Sports Radio The Ticket's Million Dollar Bracket Challenge at KTIK.com. Pick 60 winners and win 10 grand. Pick a perfect bracket and win a million bucks. Sponsored by Cloverdale Plumbing and Westside Pizza. It's all about the pizza. All right, I'm just going to start it off, and Prater and JP and the whole Treasure Valley and beyond can make fun of me. But we spoke with Connie Okoa Holomalia Gonzalez over the weekend, and I just nailed that. You know, I was wondering what was going on during that break, because that we've been doing this show for a year and a half, and that's okay. the first time during a break you've never spoken. Oh, Prater. That's the first time during a break you've never just yelled at people all so you were studying. You were doing some homework. Okay, Connie Okoa, Holomalia, Gonzalez. I think I got it, JP. I believe it's Holomalia. Okay. Oh, boy. You but know, that's but, pretty but, close. But you that, pretty that's good. still pretty nitpicky on that. Well, unless you're him. Okay, Connie Okoa, Holomalia, Gonzalez. There you go. There you go. Ah, Let's man. Look at that. K-H-G. Practice that. K-H-G. K-H-G, the center. Uh, he spoke to the media, and the first thing we asked him is, dude, what happened last year? On that, I'll just say that um, it was extremely tough. Um, it wasn't um, something that I could just tape or brace up. Um, so it was it was extremely tough. You know, obviously the timing was was extremely uh, it, it was not anticipated at all. Um, but it was to the point where I just needed to take a step back with the recommendations of people that know what they're talking about in that field and just you know take care of myself, and my health, and. I'm just grateful to have, you know, Coach Avalos, uh, Keen, um, Plow, and a lot of those guys uh, just giving me that support I needed because it's not like me or any offensive lineman to just, you know, pull themselves out. But it was, it was needed for my long-term health, and I'm just extremely blessed and uh, grateful to be back and um, back at it with the guys. 
KHG was in fall camp last year. It seemed like a couple of days before the season started, we thought everything was business as usual. Then all of a sudden, he wasn't there and never showed up for the entire year. So it was very, very weird, very, very odd. No information whatsoever. We're not going to even close to speculating other than it wasn't a broken leg. It wasn't a broken bone. He didn't have those kinds of medical issues, but he talked about how he got through it. It was a tough road. Um, like you said, I, you know, I tried multiple times and, and it came to the conclusion, like I said, you know, you can't, I, I can tape up almost anything. You know, you can tape your ankles, fingers, arm, brace, cast, anything. It just wasn't something that I could do. And, uh, you know, after like multiple times, it was to the point where, like I said, people that know what they're talking about, I should probably put my pride aside and listen, even though it was like the worst timing in the world. But it was just, you know, like I said, for like my long-term health and, um, you know, just day to day, you know, just that self-talk, you know, going to Pastor Mark, just, you know, just making sure that my head's right because I wasn't sure if I was going to play again, but, you know, I took the time needed and I'm excited and feel confident in getting back in. See, seriously, guys, I mean, that was a big deal. And, you know, you want to be respectful. I, I didn't want to keep pressuring him because obviously he doesn't want to talk about it or the school doesn't want him talking about it, Prater, exactly what it was whether it was a mental health, physical health, whatever, Prater, but you can tell like he's he almost didn't play again. Like it was a real serious situation. So certainly glad he's through that. And uh, you know how much better uh, is he a year later? And how much better do you think he can make the offensive line? Here's what he said. One of the things that helps me be with uh, those great group of guys is just that chip on the uh, shoulder mentality. You know. Um, People could argue that I came, you know, from a big high school and stuff, but I was one of those guys in a big pool of sharks that had to fight and claw and scratch to where they got to today. Um, and I believe that I can bring that sort of mentality to the offensive line. Um, and I just love being around those guys. They're a great group of guys, you know. Um, <clears throat> we're working on a lot of things, and a lot of the things wraps around that mentality, you know, running the ball and that kind of stuff. So. Just that, uh, you know, run into a wall with full speed ahead, no remorse, nothing uh, mentality, you know, just going, getting the job done. You know, he also t- talked about there, you heard that, Prater, you know, he, he came from a, from a big pond. He played high school football at modern day, and that's one of the six or seven high school football programs in this country that most college football fans have heard of. And he protected JT Daniels there. That year, if you remember, he went to USC. And JT Daniels was the big-name high school quarterback in the country. Well, KHG was his starting center at modern day. And he was ranked the number two center in the state of California, according to Scout.com. So played in some monster high school games under tons of pressure in high school. So I asked him what... He, what the quarterback center relationship means to him and what his relationship is like with his now quarterback, Hank Bachmeyer. 100%. You know, uh, it started for me um, in high school. My dad always taught me that, you know, a quarterback and a center, um, you know, that should be your, like one of your tightest bonds, you know, me and JT. And then moving forward to uh, college, uh, me and Hank coming, you know, from California, Southern California, we always kind of clicked and, um, you know, I gave him a little bit of a special hug before this offseason, you know, and kind of just gave him that look because, you know, it's time to go. And I, I think that if me or him and me, excuse me, if me and him are on the same page clicking, 
then you know we could roll and that's been a big emphasis between me and him to make sure that our groups of people that we're in charge of are lined up ready to go so we can you know go out there and do some work ball game i only got one thing to say there if, if you give me a hug and give me that special look yeah Oh, it better be a special look, my friend. Look what I just wrote down, okay? Piece of paper. Because sometimes me and Prater will look at each other and say, hey, I got this one, or you got this one. I wanted that one. And Prater looks at me, he's like, and he was the first to look at me and say, I got it. And then he looks at me and gives me the smell. He's going to talk about the special hug. Okay, that's what I'm taking out of that bite, too. And what is a special hug? I gave him a special hug. Going into the off season, you get that off season special hug, Brader, and then you get the look. <laughs> you get the look, <laughs> the special hug. The you know, special hug and the special look. <laughs> you and I are on the same page, yeah. ballgame. I, I like that. So uh, that, that means 2022 is going to be a very successful season for the both of us. And we do appreciate that. All right, guys, let's switch over to a little business of football. And, and this first one's a little bit business. John Ojuku, OJ, they call him. The left tackle, the monster. He's not playing this spring, but he's he's back, and he's going to be fine this fall by all accounts. Here's one clip from Ojuku just on coming back. And then wait till you hear the second clip. We'll come back and introduce it, but the second clip from Ojuku is the one you really want to hear. But here's just KHG on Ojuku coming back. I was excited. Uh, I remember uh, OJ when I was on my official with my mom, uh, him just outside on the blue when no one was here, just hitting the sled. And I always remember that, you know, OJ is a guy that shows up to work, great example, um, you know, doesn't puts his ego aside um, and just works hard. And he's just a good example to show, you know, like you either we talk about above the line or below the line. You can't live two lives. Um, and he's just a great example. And you can't uh, pass up the experience, you know, just a lot of games in the blue. Um, and that experience means a lot. And, I, you know, I'm just really grateful to have him on the offensive line with me. All right, check out this story, guys. Ojuku, like I told you, is not playing this spring camp. Uh, Dooley is not playing this spring camp. He's the right guard. But check out this story, and this happened before spring camp. This happened during off the offseason during some kind of conditioning. It was brought up today that there may have been a little give and take between these two this offseason. Check out this story. We were doing our four-quarter runs, you know, and I'm, I'm obviously trying to, you know, zone in, focus on my thing because I'm about to go into a mental battle, and I look over and I see – uh, OJ and Ben, I think he was with his sling and pulling Ben's scooter with him on it with one arm, like in a backpedal. I'm like, OJ, like, go, like, get treatment or something. Like, what are you doing? Today, yesterday? No, it was a fourth quarter offseason runs. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. No, it was just funny to see. And it's just, that's just the guy that OJ is. You know, he's, if he is not paralyzed, then he can do something. And, like, I, that's part of the great example that I talked about earlier. It's just good to see that, you know, like, it's just get it done, and OJ gets it done. Uh, one guy uh, yeah. with one leg and one guy with one arm, and they're out there doing football drills. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like Lloyd and Harry stuff. It Jada. really is. You know, I mean, I love it, dude. And it makes me giggle. And I like this KHG guy, man. He's, he's colorful. He's talkative. You can tell he's very intelligent. And um, damn, yeah, he's he a was poly, missed. man. Yeah. Polys are a hundred percent cool, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, he like he's a total poly. I'll give you that. Like you can just tell talking to him, and yes, sir, no, sir, and um, Prater. I like I like what I'm seeing in regards to this offensive line going into next year, man. Ball game where three practices in those spring camp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking this and. Number 71, I got a good look at number 71, Cade Bearsford today. 
He's the redshirt senior, Woodenville, Washington kid, Wazoo player, and he looks like the biggest lineman on the team at 6'7", 300 pounds. And so obviously we had to ask KHG what type of impact the Bearsford brothers, and Cade in particular, are making with this program. First of all, Cade and his brother Jack, we've uh, all got to like hang out outside of football, so we got pretty tight, all of us. Um, and he's a great guy. Um, I would say that just watching him move around and how he talks in the meeting room and stuff, I could tell that guy's played some ball and that he knows, you know, the feel, angles and this kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where he could help us out. And I know he's going to help us out in a tremendous way. Boom. Yeah. And this line trader, you get KHG back, Bearsford's in the lineup, you get duly a year further. Obviously, you, know, you get the senior sixth year benefit out of John Ojuku, uh, dude. I mean, this is uh, this looks like they got some things going with this line, Prater. Huh? They, they certainly have some parts. They certainly have some parts and some pieces. But we've seen that before with the offensive line. So yeah, I, I'm going to reserve it. I mean, yeah, there's definitely some potential. There's definitely some excitement. The fact that KHG is healthy. The fact that they brought in Beresford to kind of be your, um, you know, he was kind of the uh, the, the Farrah kid. You know, kind of came in yep. from Texas Tech as yep. the uh, Swiss Army knife guy. Yep. They can play around everywhere. So uh, Bearsford, I think, is going to be a massive uh, addition, maybe on the right side. If he can figure out a way to get on the inside, we'll see how it shakes out. But, yeah, I, I think it's pretty exciting. I think there's lots of potential with this offensive line. And with KHG anchoring that line, um, hopefully he stays healthy and whatnot, and uh, it's going to be a fun spring, and obviously – uh, fall camp can't get here quick enough. Quick shout out Friday morning, our sweet deal of the week. This is 9 a.m. on Friday. You give us 25 bucks, we'll give you 50 to spend at Biscuit and Hogs. JP's got the news coming up. Abu Kijab, he talked today, maybe two hours ago, about heading into the Mountain West tournament. Tournament. What does he say? What's he excited about? You'll find out next. Idaho Sports Talk, Prater in the ballgame. The Treasure Valley's original all-sports station. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. From the RowPaint.com studio, we've got Bob Beeler, Bronco Focus coming up. What are some of the minefields that Boise State is going to have to navigate if they want to bring home a Mountain West Tournament Championship? That's coming up first. Oh, hold on. i got to wait for Johnny and Prater to finish their hugging. Are you guys done? Uh, you, got, you, you got that A special look? hug. A special hug? No, no. <laughs> special hugs are saved for special moments and special looks. We're going yeah. to save that special hug. <laughs> As Johnny mentioned, uh, it is championship week. Not only here in Boise, but also in Las Vegas. The Mountain West Women's Tournament started yesterday. It was an early exit for the Boise State women, who fell to San Diego State 65-56. Men's tournament gets underway Wednesday, noon, the 8-9 game. Nevada and New Mexico, the winner of that game, advances to play Boise State on Thursday. Today, Boise State's Abu Kijab uh, met with the media. He said uh, Boise State and this team is not thinking about the struggles in the Mountain West tournament of the past. We don't think about it. Um, I know my team really well, and I think we play better in tournaments just because the environment we're in and I'm really excited to you know play with those guys. They're going to be ready to play. They're really hungry after the Colorado State loss, and you know we're going to get to it. I would think a little hunger, little hunger coming off of Saturday's loss would be a good thing. I don't think it will hurt. Yeah, I don't think, uh, and I don't think a win would have changed anything. I really still believe that that was a meaningless game, and mm-hmm. uh, they went out and played hard and did what they had to do, and 
the results don't really matter. And it, it seems like this basketball team is in a really, really good place. Period. So they did what they had to do. They've they've been doing what they've had to do all season. I fully expect them to go into this tournament, win a couple of games, whether they win the whole dang thing or not. Let's let's at least let's get Leon Rice to the championship game for the first time ever, and, and, and then we'll go from there. And there is something to be said. I mean, all those past faults in this tournament from this program and this particular head coach. I mean, this team, this current roster, shouldn't have to bear that, right? They weren't a part of this, and no. you know, I, I I don't put that on the kids, man. And um. But well, like, you and I can't put anything on the kids. It's up to them to do it and how they're coached. And it sounds like they've been coached very well. It sounds like they have a good perspective. But yeah, there's a little bit of for fan angst. Fan angst is real. Fans, no question. Fan angst is real, and they're they're very cautiously optimistic. But they understand the past. They understand that several players on this year's team have contributed to the past, and and, and we can't dismiss that. That's that's very real. This is going to be the team yeah. that's going to have to exercise the demons. I like how Keychap did say, "Hey, we play." We, he thinks they we play really well in tournaments in that format. That's the type of confidence this team needs. Big Sky Women's Tournament it got underway today at the Idaho Central Arena downtown Boise. Their championship game is Friday afternoon, one o'clock. The men's Big Sky Tournament Wednesday at noon. That's when it gets started with Portland State Idaho State championship game Saturday night, six p.m. downtown Boise. And we have got tickets. Uh, coming up on Rock Jackson Pop Culture for both. Are you are you going to correct Today? him? On, are you going to correct him on that, Johnny? What 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 happened? You said the men's tournament starts at noon with Portland State Idaho State. Is that wrong? Did I get that wrong? The men's tournament, as far as I know, starts Wednesday morning. Between, at, at what time? At nine thirty a.m. Oh, did I get time. that wrong? I missed the Vandal game between Idaho <laughs> and Sacramento Uh-oh. State. Come on, Uh-oh. ball game. Pay attention to when JP makes a mistake about your Vandals. I, don't JP you just don't even pay attention. I blatantly left your Vandals out of the tournament, Johnny, and you didn't even catch it. How do you know I wasn't going to say anything? <laughs> Raider just <laughs> Raider had to do it, man. And um, I apologize. I'm to trying all the to get to that game, there. JP. So we got some talking to do. That gets in the way of our morning meeting. That gets in the way of Boise State practice and interviews. Like ball game, man. Ball game. No angst. Go to the game. Seriously, go to the game. Okay, program director Mike Prater. It's not really your call, but thanks. well, you know, in terms of the show, we the show will be fine if you go to the game at nine thirty. I'd love it. Yes. Yeah, why, I need why, to be why, there. why wouldn't you make it happen? <laughs> I need to be sitting courtside like Jack Nicholson does for the Lakers. Well, you should need to be sitting wherever they Dan will tell you to sit as a media guy. <laughs> but you should be at that game. Absolutely, you should be at that game. Uh, There's no reason why you can't be at that game. Awesome. I agree. And somebody's got to talk to Zach Claus after the game, Johnny. That's that's you, right? Gotcha. And yep. find out what's going on with that program. So I apologize that I left the Vandals out of the Mount uh, the uh, Big Sky Tournament. But we do have tickets to the championship game for the, both the men's and women's coming up today on Rock Jocks and Pop Culture. So uh, hang around for that. And uh, coming up at 4 o'clock, we're going to speak with the Hawaii Storm head basketball coach, the uh, boys' basketball team capped off an extraordinary first season with a 5A state championship Saturday night at the Fort Idaho Center. Storm beat Centennial 50-43 in the championship game and uh, beat defending champ Meridian. Double OT on Friday night. Their head coach, Andy Harrington, will join us at 4 o'clock. Sixth straight year that the uh, 5A champ has come from the Treasure Valley. And 10 of the last 12. Is it really that much domination? And, uh, the other day when yeah. you guys told me that the uh, the Centennial upset or the Centennial game over Lake City was a major upset, I told you no. Okay. That the Treasure Valley 
dominates this tournament. They've won six straight state championships and ten of the last twelve. Can I no. just, can I just mention that I believe that Bora has four of those twelve. Hell yeah! Anyway, nice job, JP. Throw that out there. I love. And it. And what high school did you go to? What high school did I went to? Laurel High School. Prater, did, he's a big member. Bora <laughs> considers him one of their. I'm, own. I'm kind of a, right. an honorary lion. He is. Well, Do you have an honorary degree from Bora? No, but uh, I did have two kids that went through there. God, we so need there you go. Bora. You need to get JP an honorary diploma. We'll hang it in the ropaint.com studio. I've never heard of a high school giving a dad an honorary diploma. Yeah. Let's be the first to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Honorary high school diploma <laughs> from I love that, that, that has to happen. Let's make uh, it happen. Great stuff, JP. Good news update. Bob Beeler, Bronco Focus. What landmines, what minefields? Is Boise State most worried about heading into this Mountain West Conference tournament? Bob Beeler next, but first, 2022. Garden seeds and seed starting to supplies, they're all at Zamzo's now. you got 13 locations. Don't worry about supply chain issues. Zamzo's has everything you need right now. In-store availability. No ordering online and wondering when it's going to show up. Just go on down to any 13 13 location and pick it up. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. Beeler, get on in here. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. This is Bronco Focus with the voice of Boise State Athletics, Bob Beeler. Hope you guys are ready for another Mountain West Conference tournament and for everybody going down to Las Vegas. Enjoy your time and luckily for you, we have Bob Beeler during this edition of Bronco Focus. Welcome, Bob. I'm going to start with the Mountain West Tournament. The bracket is all set. What are those potential minefields out there, Bob, for Boise State that might get in the way from them to win this tournament, possibly? What do you see in the quarterfinal round? Well, Boise State uh, this year is in the number one seed, so that means they'll be playing the 8-9 winner. And you talk about minefields. Normally, an 8-9 winner against the top seed, I would say the minefield would be zero. But this year, because of the depth of the conference, I think there are landmines out there at every single round. Now, both teams, if no matter who they face, are going to have explosive guards. Grant Sherfield and Des Cambridge, and then Jalen House and Jamal Mashburn for New Mexico. Both teams' guards could put 40 up on the board against Boise State. They are that good. But where I think Nevada has an edge over New Mexico is they are significantly better inside. Boise State had a huge rebounding advantage on New Mexico. One of the games they out-rebounded Nevada, the other game they did not. But Washington and Baker, a pair of seven-footers, make it a little bit more of a challenge against Nevada. But what scares me about either of these teams is explosive guards. If they get hot, they get hot with the three. It's possible. I would rate Nevada as more of a possibility as far as as a tougher game than New Mexico. But both of them, I think, will give you a challenge maybe that you wouldn't expect out of an 8-9 game. Boise State is a total of 3-0 and against them, beating Nevada twice. New Mexico once. I think they'll see Nevada. You know, I'll ask you this because, you know, Leon wasn't talking about this today, if you remember, Bob, but... If they do advance, let's just say for kicks and gigs, Boise State gets out of the first round as the one seed. What do you see in the semis if they do advance? Well, I think, again, you're going to see a team that is more offensive-oriented than defensive-oriented, much like Nevada and New Mexico. Uh, Two really good scorers for Wyoming and E.K. and Maldonado. 
Bryce Hamilton, I think, is the best scorer in the league. Uh, I think this is a good matchup for Boise State. I would rather tangle with Wyoming and UNLV than either Colorado State or San Diego State to get to the finals. Boise State out-rebounded UNLV by nine in both games. UNLV's supporting cast around Hamilton is not nearly as good. I know they're playing at home, but UNLV has not traditionally drawn that well at home. EK kind of scares me, although I don't think he'll get as many calls on a neutral site as he got in in Laramie when he went to the free throw line 15 times in a game in which he scored 33 points. But when I look at these teams, Wyoming has two guys that are really good players. UNLV has one. I think you'll see the Cowboys. But again, you have to keep those guys around their average and maybe more importantly, take a number of shots to get to their average. It will not be an easy semifinal, but I like Boise State against either one of these teams close. This is a championship week edition of Bronco Focus. Bob Beeler headed to Las Vegas. Boise State plays the winner of that Nevada-New Mexico game 1 o'clock on Thursday with a post-game wrap-up right here on Idaho Sports Talk Live. All right, Bob, let's uh, let's really spin this sucker ahead. If they get through those first two rounds, what's the potential landmines in a Saturday afternoon championship game? Well, I think uh, Utah State and Fresno State have a slim chance of getting to the finals. I could see maybe one of them upsetting Colorado State or San Diego State. I- I've already had them beating Air Force and San Jose State on Wednesday. I don't think either one of them are going to have trouble because I think 10 and 11 are the two weakest spots in the field. I don't see... Utah State or Fresno State doing enough to get by both Colorado State and San Diego State. So if one of those teams advances, I think Colorado State or San Diego State gobbles up the cookie and moves to the finals, and they would be the team awaiting Boise State. If Colorado State is there, I think you're going to have more of a challenge defensively in that game. And if San Diego State is there, I think you're going to have more of a challenge offensively in in that game. The one thing that concerns me about Colorado State is I was very impressed with their guards' quickness. They got by in the first half, Marcus Shaver Jr., on a number of occasions. Moore and Stevens combined for 25 points in the first half. San Diego State, Bradley is their best scorer. Boise State's had his number. He averaged less than 10 points in the two games and shot less than 25%. Now, is that something that you say he was cold and he's going to be due or do you think just Boise State's defense is that good? And I kind of am going with the latter. I think Bradley will have trouble against Boise State again just because of the way Boise State defends him. San Diego State's got the, the better center in Nathan Mensa, but he's not that much of an offensive player. David Roddy is the power forward for Colorado State, and Boise State really hasn't figured him out. He had you know what I thought was kind of a quiet 23 in the game against Boise State uh, in Fort Collins this past weekend. I think Colorado State, if you're, if you're eliminating Boise State and saying, who do you think is the strongest team in this tournament? They did come in second for a reason. They were picked first for a reason. I think if you're going to ask me who we're going to see in the finals, my money's with Colorado State. The Mountain West All-Conference media team came out today. Coach Rice, the coach of the year tomorrow. The official coaches postseason team comes out tomorrow. I suspect it'll be close to the same, but Bob, I don't care about the media. I don't <laughs> care about the coaches. What was on your ballot? Well, I would have pretty much, you know, what the what the media ballot had. I think Rice is definitely the coach of the year. I think Dagenhart should be a unanimous choice for freshman of the year. I don't Rice, I know there were some other votes that went to other guys, but he won and I could see that there were some other nice coaching jobs. I don't think you can pick another another freshman besides Dagenhart. I think he should as I say should be unanimous. Yeah. But I would have Roddy, I'd have Hamilton, 
I'd have Key Jab, I'd have EK, and then it would come down to me, Bradley or Robinson, the, the player from Fresno State, seven footer. I know he's got good numbers, but for some reason he just doesn't do it for me. I think I would pick Bradley. I think I'd reward somebody on a team that that actually won won more games. What's up with the coverage, Bob? Well, we start uh, over at uh, six seventy KBOI on Thursday. We'll be on the air at twelve thirty, and as Prater mentioned. We'll be off the air with our post-game show right about the time, how convenient, the Bronco Focus comes on at 345, so I'll be able to check in with you guys and give you my take from what I saw courtside. And then if Boise State is still alive, it'll be 7 o'clock pregame on uh, Friday night in the semifinals and then a 330 Mountain Time pregame on Saturday for the championship. Boise State has never been to the championship game since being a member of the Mountain West. Coach Rice has only been to the championship once, and that was in the WAC his first season losing to Utah State that year. That was his first year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Leon Rice, the only time he's been there. Bob, appreciate you, man. Thanks, guys. going to be great coverage this week from Beeler. He's going to be live in Vegas. We'll go BNN with BJ Reigns live in Vegas. Prater, I'm looking at the bracket. You know, you got yours in front of yours in front of you as well. I, I think I see relative a relatively chalky bracket. I don't think there's going to be a lot of upsets in this thing. As good as this league has been, I just look at those top four teams. Unless UNLV on their home court can take out Wyoming, who's stumbling, I don't see any others. Do you? Uh, no, no. I mean, Fresno State, uh, San Diego State could be a little tricky in that uh, in that quarterfinal or in that uh, quarterfinal game. Um, yeah, the four or five between Wyoming and UNLV is a little bit of a toss up. If you ask me, Wyoming a little bit more steady. UNLV could be a little bit more inconsistent, but uh, I think for the most part, I see one, two, and three advancing easily. And, and I, I'm 100 percent with Bob. I'd be shocked if it was anything but Boise State, Colorado State in the Saturday final. Wow, what a game that would be! Woo, Running it back for a third time. Holy smokes! What's it feel like to win a state championship at the highest level in this state your first year? and coming off a state championship with your last team the previous year. Andy Harrington, a Waihee basketball coach, next Prater in the Ball Game. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. What's going on and welcome, Idaho Sports Talk fans. We're Prater in the Ball Game. I'm Johnny JP controlling the buttons here in the realpaint.com studio and Prater Hour number two, we got rock jocks and pop culture, giving away big sky tickets. We're going to talk about a serious gambling allegation and punishment in the NFL. But first, we're talking to a state champion, huh, Prater? Two-time state champion ballgame. I'm sure he's not going to let us forget that. How about this? The 2022 state championship, and what a game it was, what a crowd it was. Centennial versus Hawaii, and the head basketball coach, of the expansion, Hawaii Storm, Andy Harrington on the Fat Guys Fresh Deli Hotline. Welcome to Idaho Sports Talk, Coach, and let me be the first to say it in this group, congratulations, man. Well done. Oh, thank you. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, thanks. Awesome, man. Uh, you know, I guess, you know, you're, you're getting a lot of congratulations right now and a lot of, hey, thanks for your support and whatnot, but what ultimately coach was the was the biggest key factor in you guys able to do this i mean a first year program never happened at that level as we've heard and, and what was that big factor that main key piece in the way you were able to win this thing 
Uh, well, I think number one, you have to have good players to to be able to have a chance at that. But um, just our toughness in defense. I thought there were some really crucial possessions in that tournament over the course of three games where we got stops when we needed to, um, where we just had to dig down and and find a way, and we did. So that was. But it's easy when you got some really high level players. So. You know, was there like, I mean, the fact that there there wasn't any history to speak of. You guys hadn't been this far. Mm-hmm. Like, just the freshness of being year one and some of those crowds. And, yeah. man, you guys had, it looked like you guys had as much support as any high school program I've seen in that tournament, Coach. <laughs> and this is yeah. year one. Like, where would all that support come come from, and how were you able to to get the masses behind you like that? Wow, what a crowd! We had a ton of support all year. Our administration, Dane Roy, who came over from Rocky, and Cliff Rice, our principal, have been pushing that over at that school all season. Our fall sports had great support too, and so um, when our season started, we had a lot of hype behind us and. We we performed pretty well all year, and we had some guys that can really play, and it just kept growing and growing. And I think, you know, at that state tournament, people wanted to come watch us play. Um, guys like Jack Payne that can do some special things athletically, they they love watching that. And uh, it was just really good timing. I mean, it was a lot of good players came together to play, and we performed at a high level. So it was it was exciting to watch. I mean, there were. 11, 12,000 people in that Idaho Center on Saturday night. So, We're talking high school basketball. Andy Harrington, the coach of the 5A state champion Hawaii Storm last year, the coach of the 4A state champion Middleton Vikings. Coach, uh, I know you don't want to turn this into a you conversation, but let's talk about the common theme here between last year and this year and what you've been done. You're a young coach. You're kind of starting your career. Uh, I'm afraid at this yep. track pace, you're you're off to becoming the next Coach K. Duke has an opening eventually down the road. Um, but no, let's talk about you and your role in this. Just you know, give yourself a couple minutes to. How did you pull off this back-to-back state championship deal? Um, well, like I said, I mean, having a guy like Tyler Medeiros last year, and then guys like Jack Payne, Liam Campbell, and a whole bunch of good players, uh, it makes it a lot easier. Um, just trying to put our guys in a position to be successful. But I think I think defense and toughness are the the big ones that we really keyed on all year just in terms of with both Middleton and Owyhee. If you don't do those things, you can't control the games where you miss shots. And those were just our key key points to the guys is just staying staying calm and playing as hard as you can possibly play for the entire 32 minutes out there. And then obviously the talent took over at times. You're a young coach. I mentioned that. Can I ask how old you are? Are you have you are you thirty yet? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Which I remember as a Boise State football guy back in the day when there was a lot of national headlines that a guy by the name of Brian Harston and a guy by the name of Justin Wilcox at twenty nine years old were named offensive and defensive coordinators at Boise State and had great success mm-hmm. and went off to become head coaches. So twenty nine is a magical number. Tell us about. I mean, what kind of coach are you? Just describe your kind of coaching style. Um. You know, we're, we're, we hold our guys accountable, and we're pretty hard on them at times, but I think just kind of that newer generation of being a player's coach, um, getting to know our guys off the court, having fun with our guys on the court and off the court, and just pushing them when we need to, but also having that, like, I know back in the day, like the coach is the coach, and that's everything, but I think it's more 
developing a relationship with the kids. So when you do need to get on them, which doesn't have to be every day, they listen to you and trust you. So I think that was the big thing for us was just, I can't yell at a guy that doesn't have my trust. I've got to, I've got to build that relationship first. You, you talked about this next generation of coaches being 29. Some of these kids are 17, 18 years old. Um, you were just mm-hmm. you were slow, sl- slightly removed from that. Is it easier or more difficult or maybe a little bit of both for you to get this connection? It seems like it would probably be, um, I don't know, maybe a little bit easier. Well, just it's like all of our, a lot of our staff is pretty young. My dad is the oldest guy on the staff, and he was a teacher in the Boise School District for 30 years. So he, okay. he, he's, he does bring a good piece to our staff just in terms of his experience, both being a teacher and a coach at North Junior High for a long time. But um, just it's easy to relate to them. We kind of have an idea of what they're going through because we were there for the start of the social media boom, and yeah. now it's it's at another level now. But just being able to relate to them with that has been been pretty good. There's stuff that they say now that I'm like, wait, what, what the heck does that mean? But, <laughs> um, yeah, it has been pretty easy to relate to them. He's Andy Harrington. He's a state championship winning coach two times over now, most recently with the Hawaii boys winning a state title at the 5A in their first year of existence. He's with us right now. And, Coach, you know, what advantages, if any, did you have in being the year one? You know, I've talked to people around this valley, and they're like, oh, yeah, dude, Hawaii's like a super team. You know, like there, there's there's a, there's an element of recruiting with high school basketball in this valley now with open enrollment. Kids can go where they want to go, and Hawaii had a hell of a package. Like Hawaii was the place everybody wanted to go play. What do you say to that? And did you have advantages in that level, saying, "Hey, you guys can come here, be a part of this really kick-ass expansion team," and holy shnikes, hell yeah, it worked for you. Well, what, what do we say about that? Uh, you know, I think there's for me, Hawaii was appealing because it's a sincere school and the, the people that had the vision behind it were people that had the same vision that I did. So, um, being able to create my own culture and be the first, like, there's no before me, it's, this is how we do it. Um, was really appealing. And then, I mean, Hawaii is in an area in our Valley that is growing like crazy. So, you know, there's a lot of neighborhoods going up in that area and it's a place where people are moving to. So I just knew that, there'd be over time. I didn't realize how much talent we would have right away, but over time, um, what if people are moving to Idaho, that's an area that they're going to move to. And that's an area in our Valley that's going to grow. And if there's growth, there's talent. If you look at Rocky mountain, that was similar to them. Um, it took a few years, but they got going pretty fast. So that was the biggest thing that was appealing, but we were fortunate with a few, a few kids that move in. Obviously every kid that was a sophomore through senior is going to be a transfer no matter what, um, whether they're at, whether they're in the band or the football team, because we're a brand new school. But, coach, what would you say is the state of of high school basketball? And I don't. I'm talking individually. I remember when I came to this valley 20, 30 years ago, there wasn't a lot of Division One players players going off to play mm-hmm. Division One basketball. And there's still not a lot, but there's at least some now. And you could find kind of sure. players all over this country scattered, not a ton, but enough out there. You got a guy like Jack Payne. You mentioned him. He looks like a beast. I saw some highlights of him over the weekend. I don't know if he's got a mm-hmm. chance to go anywhere or if there's other guys in the Valley, but uh, how, how would you describe that high school basketball in terms of sending players to Division One colleges is getting better in this Valley? Well, number one, Jack's going to Colorado State, and he had about 12 offers. Nice. Um, and I mean, he had, a, I mean, about three weeks ago, University of Arkansas called about him. But um, – 
William Campbell, who moved from California, their parents were, his family just wanted to, they'd been in the valley before just in terms of visiting it and they wanted to um, move to Idaho. And, you know, with the way COVID has affected certain states, they wanted to get out of that with California. And so Idaho was a transition because it's such a nice place that people are starting to figure that out. So like Liam has an offer from USC and Washington state. Um, and he's on our team as a sophomore and Jackson Rasmussen is a six, seven freshman that is going to definitely have a plenty of offers when it's all said and done. So I think it's just the Valley is growing at a very fast rate. Um, and people are recognizing that it's a good place to move to. And, Talent's definitely growing here. Uh, over in eastern Idaho, there's multiple kids that are really good. Up north, Blake Buchanan is a definite Division One kid. So our state's getting bigger, and there's more people. I love it, man. And all these kids, like you said, Pac-12 schools, Colorado State, which is a good basketball program, Andy Harrington, the head coach of Hawaii, just building this juggernaut here in the Valley with the Hawaii Storm. Holy smokes, you know, won the first of their of the state championship in their first year of existence. And, and Coach, I got a question. I mean, you played a little bit at Idaho State. You ended up transferring to, to my alma mater, the University of Idaho, and went there. And yep. just the love you've had with basketball, you know, how did you become this basketball coach? How did you and the game fall in love with each other so well? Yeah, just growing up, uh, you know, my family is, was huge into sports. I went to DK. I played football, basketball, baseball there. But my dad and my grandpa were huge sports fans. So we just went to every Bishop Kelly game, football, basketball, state tournament, get out at, get out at noon to go out to College of Idaho back then to watch them and root them on. So from a young age, I was just a huge sports fan. And my dad uh, taught and coached at North Junior High football and basketball for a long time. And so – um, just grew up a huge fan. And when I got into high school, I, I played all three, but basketball became my best sport. And then just being a walk on at Idaho state, I started to fall in love with it in terms of just the game itself. Um, and from there just went, went up to Idaho and was a manager. And then I coached at a prep school on the East coast for one year. And I definitely knew I wanted to be involved with it and helping Scott Garson for one year at college of Idaho was a blast, but I, I knew I wanted to be a high school coach because and it's just I wanted to live in the valley. So Coach, it sounds like your roster might be loaded next year. It sounds like you're not going anywhere. It sounds like you're a high school coach and you want to be a high school coach and uh I'm assuming you're coming back to Hawaii. There's no six A, so you can't transfer up and win a six A state championship next year, but <laughs> sounds like you got a pretty good thing going on with a loaded roster at Hawaii. Good th- good times ahead. Uh yeah. I mean we have we have everyone except Jack Payne and then Braden Hansen who didn't play a lot of minutes, but played a big role on our team just in terms of our team. But we do have a lot of guys back, and we're excited about the future with where we're going, and we're just going to keep trying to get better. So, I love it, man. Coach, best of luck. I know it's been a whirlwind these last couple of days, and we really appreciate you sending, uh, spending 15 minutes with us answering our stupid questions and stuff like that. <laughs> Again, congratulations, no, sure. Coach Harrington. Well done. No, I appreciate you guys. I, my dad and I used to – my, and my brother would listen to your guys' show every day after school. So, appreciate you having me on. Thanks for making Prater feel old. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Appreciate you, bud. Great stuff, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. I'll tell you this, Prater. Um, I think the team to beat in 5A moving forward is the Hawaii Storm. Sounded like it, huh? Sounded like it, huh? Right? Holy snakes. That's what? A- 
That's a big roster. He's got two, three D1 kids on his team in this valley. Nobody has that. No. Dude, that's a stinking juggernaut to what, what that he's building there. Good for him, and uh, I'm sure everyone's going to hate him now because they're really good, right? That's what happens, yep. right? Yep. You, every, you know, they're going to make excuses for why they're good. Well, they do this, and they do that, and it's a super team. And they say, ah, you know, I mean, that's what people do when you're good. And uh, that's what I'm going to do to Coach K in about an hour. And you're going to try to shoot me down on that, Mike Krzyzewski. Well, I'm I, I just curious as to, uh, to why you hate him. Eh, not saying that, but. Uh, I'm, I'm curious as to why you hate him. Uh, no, I just, okay. <laughs> you, I, I will hopefully discover that curiosity for you in an hour <laughs> and be able to help you with it. It's going to be awesome, man. So uh, what do you guys think of Hawaii and them winning the state championship in their first year. You follow high school basketball closely in this valley. If so, we want to hear from you. Text us to our Cloverdale Plumbing text line, 208-424-9300. What are your thoughts on that interview? And, again, the Storm winning a title in year one. Major sports gambling situation going on in the NFL with an active NFL player. Me and Prater actually, I think, disagree slightly on this thing. What's your thoughts on the Calvin Ridley situation? That's where we are next, JP Prater in the ball game. Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the ball game. There's no need for them to panic yet. There's still plenty of time left in the show on Sports Radio 953 FM and 1350 AM. The ticket. You know, here's a list of names. Maybe some of you will know, you know, football historians associated with football and gambling. Alex Karras, Paul Hornig, Art Schleister, one of JP's all-time favorites. Josh Shaw, recently former University of Oregon receiver. And now Mike Prater throw Calvin Ridley to that list. The former Alabama wide receiver, first-round pick, was on his way to having a sensational young career this year. He ran into some mental health issues, and he stepped away from the team around Halloween, did not rejoin them, and today they just made it official. Uh, Naga, Naga, I'm not going to rejoin them anytime soon. Calvin Ridley hit with a one-year suspension from the league for being, I guess, caught gambling on NFL games through his phone on an app where he bet a total of $1,500. Uh, were you the one that was telling me in Cubicleville today that his salary next season was eleven million, Prater? So he risked fifteen hundo um, to lose in total eleven uh, million. What are your thoughts on this bad boy? That's a bad bet. Even, <laughs> even you wouldn't make that bet, ball game. To bet fifteen hundred bucks to lose eleven million dollars. Let's Dude. just say Calvin Ridley is not in the intelligent Hall of Fame today. Uh, Calvin Ridley. Oh. I'm not even sure you'll play football ever again, and that's too unfortunate. But uh, you know what? And in this particular case, the rules are the rules. I'm not even sure NFL players can – they can't bet on anything. I don't think they can bet on – I don't think they can bet during on an NBA game. I, don't, I think the NFL rule book says you can't bet on any professional sports, period, let alone your own league, let alone your own team. And I don't care who, what – or why he bet on the Falcons. Maybe that's another dumb thing. Why on earth would you bet on the Falcons oh, in the first dude, place? Oh, dude, even worse. Prater. Come on, Calvin You're Ridley. lining them up. These are like beer league softball pitches. <laughs> You're just knocking them out of the ropepaint.com studio park, Prater. Do You're not right. bet on the Falcons. I've always said that the, uh, <laughs> you, you can't take the, the NBA playoffs seriously until the Atlanta Hawks 
are eliminated and you can't take the NFL seriously. Okay, I'll just leave the Falcons jokes. I love how we have fun on this show. I didn't even think about that. You're right. Yeah, he got busted. He did include bets on his own team. And why the hell is he betting on the Falcons? Um, And, you know, his salary was $11 next year. He's not going to get a penny of that. I don't Um, think he'll ever play in the NFL again. Why do you say that? I think the NFL is the reason why they came down so hard here is because and you know let's you know the context you mentioned Paul Horning, Paul Horning I, he missed an entire season I can't remember what year early sixties uh, after he established himself as an NFL superstar and then he he got you know he got suspended for an entire season because of gambling and then he ended up in the Hall of Fame so I understand that there's precedent but they didn't have active gambling back then they have acting gambling right now. And I think the NFL is going to use Calvin Ridley as an example, as a punishment, as the poster boy for we're going into an era of transparency. We're going into an era of absolute 100% in bed, sleeping with every gambling institution known to man the NFL is. They are diving in deep into the gambling world. The NFL owners want millions and millions and millions of dollars as part of this gambling pie. Yeah. And they're not going to risk it over some knucklehead like Calvin Ridley who thinks he can jump on an app, place some bets, bet on his football team, and get away with it. So uh, in this era of transparency, I mean, Calvin Ridley could come back. I'd be shocked if Calvin Ridley ever ever came back and played football in the NFL again. I'll just throw my two cents in on that. If you're really good at something, if you're very talented at something, if you're a former first-round pick, you're not even 25 years old yet, a lot of times they'll give those people second chances because they're super-duper talented. True. So we'll keep it there. True. So anyway, True. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll save that conversation for a year. He's doing he's doing parlay bets. Like he had an eight-game parlay bet, which is the dumbest possible bet ever. I don't care if you're Bill Belichick. You can't connect on an eight-game parlay. Those are, like, impossible in this league, so I'll just pick him apart there a little bit. Um, He wasn't an active player at the time. He was on leave. He was was not in the building. He was still getting paid. Okay, he was. You're right. He was was being paid. He was on the roster. He was not in the building. He was on some type of leave, however they call it. He was in a different state. Um... So I don't know, like for me, I, I I don't know how big of a problem I have with it. Um, as he wasn't playing now, especially if he wasn't betting on the Falcons. I know he was, yes, but he I was. don't know if I would have a problem if they found out that he wasn't betting on his own team. He was betting a couple bucks here, parlay there on other teams in the NFL. Like I hear a lot of NFL players talk about fantasy football all the time. Now, I guess they're playing in a free league, but those players are probably smart enough not to have it on their phone on an app. That's Fantasy the thing football too. is not gambling. What, if it's not. You don't think so? No, it's not gambling. It's yeah, not a it's form total, of gambling. Dude, it's total gambling. No, it's not. Everybody puts money in the pot at the beginning of the year. You draft your teams. You gamble throughout the season. In the end, you get that money back. It's not gambling. Fantasy football is not gambling. Is fantasy Morgan. football gambling, yes or no? Text us. I want to know. I think it is. No, it's I think not. You're, you're risking money in a game of chance. It's gambling, bro. So if I'm playing Monopoly for a quarter, is that gambling? Yeah. No, it's not. Come what? on, Paul. Yeah, that is. No, it's not. I think not. that's gambling. I mean, you're risking that 25 cents on your ability to play Monopoly. Anywho, I don't have a huge problem with it if those are the cases. But, I mean, we got the Mannings out there on commercials 
telling us to gamble safely and gamble responsibly. Mm-hmm. The most of these guys in the NFL are under the age of 30. They're watching these commercials too. And I'm like, okay, I can put my credit card in on my phone and I can play along sitting on my couch, but it sounds like you want NFL players to be able to you want you want the NFL to allow players to gamble. It sounds like you know, if they could, yeah. Uh, uh, seriously, I mean, think about that ball game. Think about you saying that. You want the NFL to approve players to gamble. There have to be a lot of restrictions. There Especially is, you on gam- You can either gamble or you, 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 what, you can gamble on your own team, but you can't gamble on uh, another team? No, there, it's it's black and white. You can't gamble. Well, how can a boxer can bet on himself? Different sport. You know, owners in horse racing and trainers in horse racing can bet on their own horses. Different sport, you different know, situation. Conor McGregor in MMA can bet on himself to win a fight. He can bet on anybody else uh, on the card that night. Other sports, you can do it. I don't see how the situation is all that different because maybe there's more moving parts Way in a football game. Parts. Is Way that, more is that your parts. reason? But and, and you can also throw it. I mean, if, if, if Conor McGregor is going to bet on himself to lose and then goes in there and throws it, then we got a, ourselves a big issue here, but um, I, I don't think most of those individuals that are not betting, you know, horse trainers and owners aren't betting against themselves. That I don't believe you're allowed to. There, okay, there's, 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 so there's a rule. Okay, so in the NFL, like you know, if Russell Wilson could bet on himself in a game, no, I, I don't know. I mean, no. you're right. It's probably a, that's a horrible. We idea. don't probably need it. I'll no, give you that. You don't I mean, need that these guys don't have to. But I wouldn't have a problem with them with them betting on another sport. Or betting on horse racing, like is it illegal for Aaron Rodgers? And I think it is to place a bet in the Kentucky Derby. I think it is. I think it's illegal for Aaron Rodgers to bet on a racehorse, and that I don't have a problem with. Bet on the Derby just like anybody else. What do you guys think? Two zero eight four two four ninety three hundred. Who wants to be the first to join us today on the Fat Guys Fresh Deli Hotline and tell me I'm an idiot, Brader? Yeah, to, to, if you're one to allow gambling in the NFL amongst NFL players, you are an idiot. And I don't want to use that word lightly because that's a that's not you're not an idiot. You're you're a smart dude with smart opinions. But in this particular case, NFL players being allowed to gamble is is a ridiculous idea. I believe that is in the manual. You cannot bet on any kind of professional sports period. And, and if Aaron Rodgers, who famously every year goes to the yes. Kentucky Derby, Wants to bet on little Miss Sally the Pony, yeah, off season away from his sport. I yeah. think that we should probably let that happen. I'll I'll buy that, but you cannot have anybody under any circumstances, especially in a gambling era. Now it would just be so ugly and so bad. And already Calvin Ridley's being ugly and bad. You ask me why I think he's not going to be in the NFL for a long time because he's tweeting about it and he's mocking Roger Goodell right now and he's showing zero remorse. He said, "I bet fifteen hundred dollars total." I don't have a gambling problem. That's on Twitter. Well, you bet on the Falcons, and you lost $11 bucks. You have a gambling problem. He also <laughs> tweets out there that he says, I'm just going to be gone, and I'll be more healthy when I come back. I know I was wrong, but I'm getting one year. LOL. He's just out there flippantly throwing it in the NFL's face. It's not smart. It's not smart to bet on the NFL if you belong in the NFL, yeah. and he's showing it again. Calvin Ridley, I loved you at Alabama. Calvin Ridley, I forgot you were in the NFL. Calvin Ridley, you're not being very smart today. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, the NFL doesn't need this. No! Don't, don't bet on your own sport. No! Um, there's plenty of things to gamble on if you do want to gamble. And um, 1500 bucks, man. But I, I, I wouldn't think he has a gambling problem. He bet 1500 bucks to Calvin Ridley. That's like a dollar to you and me. You bet a buck. You threw it out there. Right. I don't know why he did it. But it's if you make a major mistake because of gambling and cost you and your family eleven million bucks, you've got a gambling problem. 
Gosh, Brainer! He's got a problem. He's got a problem. He just cost himself 11. 11 yeah, that was I, his I, salary. I get, I get yeah. upset in jackpot when I lose 11 bucks. He just lost 11 million bucks. That's He's exciting. got a gambling problem. Uh, well, I hope he gets the help he needs, man. And stop betting on the Falcons, bro. And, and, uh, and if you want to do this, I mean, you know, get the burner account. I, I guarantee you. That's what I was saying. 15% of NFL players today are going, they're calling their guy and saying, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh He's not the only one. Gambling is rampant in the NFL. And, and here's my biggest issue. Calvin Ridley, you were just stupid enough to get caught. Yeah, you bet on your own phone. Dude, get a bookie. Like most of the players probably in the league have. You get a turtle, a guy that runs some stuff for you. Yes, you know? entourage, turtle. Yes. And then you bet through Turtle's account yes. on Turtle's credit card, which in a roundabout way you pay him for driving you around. Yeah, just peace. Yes. Everybody needs about a turtle. It. Calvin Ridley, get yourself a turtle. <sighs> Can I get a turtle? Anybody willing to be ball games turtle in this town? You on love, some certain stuff? You love being in your own turtle. Uh, I. I would definitely, if I was in the show Entourage, I would Turtle's the one character I'd want to be the most. He has the least amount of responsibility or pressure on him, and he just kind of—he's just Turtle. Man. I love Turtle. Yeah, I love no turtle. pressure there, but yeah. All right, I'm with you. I—I I, I, it bugs me now. NFL players should not be gambling on NFL games. Does no. that include fantasy football for you? They can have a fantasy team. I—I I think so. Fantasy's not gambling, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My opinion. So just play fantasy football then. NFL owners, and I wonder if Roger Goodell, if they have some type of fantasy football policy, if you can play, if you can play for fun, and uh, sure, and get yourself a turtle. I love it, guys. Uh, what's coming up, JP? Demarcus Lawrence tank. He says no, thank you to the Cowboys. What the hell did the Cowboys try to offer? JP's got the details. That's coming up on news. But first, this is the first time I'm going to mention this all week. Uh, we need you to play Sports Radio The Ticket's Million Dollar Bracket Challenge. Speaking of all this money, speaking of gambling, you're going to pick winners and win $10,000. You pick a perfect bracket, you win a million dollars. Go to KTIK.com and register now, and then come back when the brackets are announced on Sunday. You need to register early, though. It'll be way easier if you do that. Tell your friends. Challenge your friends. We'll see how you stack up against Prater, JP, and myself. If I believe, JP, last year I won between us three. Uh, that sounds familiar, but let's move on. Brought to you by Cloverdale <laughs> Plumbing and Westside Pizza. Let's get to the news next, Prater in the Ballgame. You're listening to Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the Ballgame on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. Coming up on Rock Jocks and Pop Culture in just a few minutes, going to give you a chance to win tickets to the Big Sky men's and women's championship basketball games this weekend at Idaho Central Arena, downtown Boise. But first, former Boise State defensive end Demarcus Lawrence, his uh, future with the Dallas Cowboys now in a little bit of question as he was asked to take a pay cut by the Cowboys for the upcoming season. According to reports, he has declined. He is set to make a base salary of $19 million this next season, and the Cowboys are trying to free up millions of dollars to help with their free agency. Uh, Back in 2019, that was when uh, DeMarcus signed that five-year, $105 million uh, contract extension after a couple of back-to-back Pro Bowl seasons. Cowboys can't keep Lawrence and on the other side, Randy Gregory on the other side of that defensive line. I think Gregory's an unrestricted free agent right now, and 
Um, I'm not sure what the negotiation is there, but uh, yeah, this to me is clearly a sign that uh, 49% chance of him leaving the Cowboys. I don't see him sticking around ball game. Dude, um, if you cut him, there's $19 million in dead money, which sucks. No, no, I don't think that that's right. Telling I, you I, right. I thought it was uh, less than that. I they see. Said, yeah. I see $19 million in dead money, $8 million in cap savings. So if you cut him for the $27 million, you can use $8 million to spend on another player. And that's tough. I don't know where, where you, you said you saw. What? I thought it was. Back, I thought it was reverse what you just said, but maybe I'm probably wrong. Dead money. I've been wrong before. Nineteen mil. I'm looking at okay. it. Right. Tank uh, is due twelve percent of the entire team's salary. Um, last year he was twelve percent of the entire team's salary, and his numbers were down. Prater. He didn't have that big double digit sack year. I mean, Aaron Donald wishes he woke up tomorrow morning with Tank's contract. Okay. Tank's making more than Aaron Donald next year, all right? I, it's just a tough deal, and the Cowboys put themselves in this situation. They mm-hmm. do, JP. They overpay for players a lot because Jerry Jones falls in love. Like, the biggest hurt deal the Cowboys are dealing with right now is the Zeke deal because they can't even cut him because the dead money hasn't even been paid yet, so they just have to keep him on the roster. We'll see what's going to happen with Tank Prater, but... I mean, do you, do, you, do you cut him and then use the $8 million and try to go bargain shopping with that? Or you just you pay to Marcus Lawrence a, a cap number of $27 million for 2022? I don't know, man. Uh, how about them Cowboys? <laughs> what happens if uh, Tank Lawrence and uh, um, Leighton Vander Esch and Cedric Wilson, all free agents, or at least the, the, the last two free agents, aren't with the Cowboys next year? That's going to stay. You think you think so? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance that leaves. How do you trade him with that cap number? What other team wants that contract for a thirty year old who hasn't been performing as much? Like, dude, how about them Cowboys? Well, tomorrow the uh, Mountain West coaches will release their all conference selections. Today, though, the media released theirs, and I, I got to ask Prater, what happened a couple years ago? The uh, the Mountain West just said uh, to the the media. Screw you guys! We don't want your your poll anymore. Uh, I think they kind of did like that. Yeah, I think they kind of did actually. So, anyways, they said, "Well, we're going to put one out anyways." And the media they had basically one representation, one vote for each uh, market, each school. So in Boise, I think there was two people that kind of got together: BJ and and Rachel. Three, there was three, three yep. and and they decided on who to go. But Leon Rice was named the coach of the year, and uh, Coach Rice uh, said, "Yeah, it's it's an extension of of the program." Those awards truly are a reflection of your program, and your program starts with your administrators, the commitment there, and the assistant coaches, the job they do, and all the support staff, and then it goes on to the players. We get Coach of the Year because of what their accomplishments, not, you know, I mean, we're doing our jobs pretty consistently year in, year out, and that they they were just exceptional this year, and so it's a credit to the program, not... It's not an individual award at all. I don't see it that way at all, and I never have. And But it's a lot to be proud of. Tyson Degenhart, he was named the unanimous freshman of the year. David Roddy, Colorado State player of the year. And, and I don't believe that Boise State had anybody on the uh, first team, but uh, the uh, coaches will release their all-conference selections tomorrow. And Boise State just outside of the top 25 today again. They were the first team among teams receiving votes in both the AP and the coaches poll. Colorado State used their win over Boise State to get back into the rankings, number 23 in the AP 
and 24th in the coaches' poll in San Diego State was uh, also receiving votes in both polls. I blame Jay Tust. He has the vote in this town. If he would have ranked Boise State a little bit better, it would have pushed them over the edge. I fully blame I, Tustage. You have, blame to, you have to blame Coach K because in the coaches' Ooh. poll, North Carolina was the number 25. Oh. If they wouldn't have won, then Boise State probably would have been I'll in. blame K, and I have no problem doing that either in the coaches' poll. In the AP poll, I blame Jay Tust. Prater, you ready for some rock jockage? Let's do it, bud. Okay, we have two tickets. How about Big Sky Championship games on Saturday and Friday night, men's and women's? These tickets are yours. All you got to do is call 208-424-9300. Call that number right now and participate in rock jocks and pop culture. If you call right now, you will have a chance. JP, get us a lucky contestant Maybe even a wall of famer today. Got some good questions for you. Not too difficult today either. We want to give these tickets away. Call that number. Play Rock Jocks and Pop Culture. And uh, we'll be back. We're Prater in the Ball Game, Idaho Sports Talk. Idaho Sports Talk presents Rock Jocks and Pop Culture. Portions of this game show cannot be rebroadcast without the express written consent of the National Football League. Now, here's Johnny on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. All right, thank you, big voice guy, and thank you, Advanced Heating and Cooling, for being the title sponsor of this great segment. If you want a title sponsor, one of our great segments, text us and we'll set you up. Prater in the ballgame, Idaho Sports Stock. David in Nampa, he's our contestant today. We're huge in the 2C. What's up, Davey boy? Hey, ball game. How you doing today? Nice to hear you guys. Hell yeah. Nice to meet you. Nice to hear you, David. And hopefully we can send you to the Big Sky Tournament Championship game where the Idaho Vandals, I see, playing in both games. So this is going to be terrific. <laughs> well, uh, we were just talking about going to that game today, not because of the Vandals, but uh, ball game. I'd be excited if they got there. That would be great. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I would. Never mind. I'm just going to keep it at that. I was going to say what stupid stuff I would do if that happened. Oh, I've heard all the stupid stuff you've already said, so I already know. Thank you. <laughs> David, you know the rules. I'll, I'll remind everybody else. you got two lifelines. Prater and JP can help you. Uh, they don't have to answer for you. They can just give you what answer they would suggest or help you talk through your answer. So you get two of those lifelines. First up, The Rock. Here we go. Davey Boy in Nampa. Dave, what band? had a top 10 hit in 1970 with the song, very famous song, Lola. Lola. What band sang Lola? Uh, Big hit, I 1970. Know, I should know this. I'm, that's my ear. Well, I was, I was eight years old. Hell, but um, no, no, you'll still hear this song on a classic rock radio station today. It's a hit. And I don't, yeah. I, I'm, I have a blank going on here. I I think because Prater's age, I'm going to throw have him be my lifeline on this one if he's available. Because I'm old. Because I'm old. Because <laughs> you're as old as me, Prater. Well, JP probably before. I know, JP I know probably you. thinks about this question in his sleep. He probably knows the answer to this in his sleep. I'm the kind of guy that thinks that there's been 17 different versions of this song, but I believe. The original, the famous one, is the Kinks. I agree with you. I'm going to go with Prater's answer, the Kinks. It is my understanding that we're supposed to play ball. 
Nice, Predator. Weren't there several versions of that song? Yes. Like JP, a thousand versions of that song? There's a lot of Lola. La, 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 la. Well, that's a version we don't Thanks, need. Thanks, Mike. Either. I appreciate it. Hey, good luck, buddy. No problem. JP, you knew that instantly? Yes. I knew next, he would. Next one. Prater is out of the picture now. Let's get to the jocks. Oh, this, is, this is a good one. Good one, Davey boy. Here we go. Name the last Big Ten basketball program to win the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Oh, that would have been a good one for Prater, too. Um, yep. I was, just, I was just looking at all of those teams today. Uh, but I was looking to see what the last Pac-12 team was, and that was uh, a while ago, too. Yep. Um, the JP, last Big Ten program JP. team to win a championship, meaning they were in the Big Ten and won the title. Well, he asked for my help. Uh, I, know, I know Michigan State is... is uh, but I don't think that they've done it recently. That that goes back about 15 years. Michigan State might be the last one. Um, it might be, but that I mean, we're talking think, we're talking almost 20 years ago now for Michigan State. 1997, I think. Yeah. Um. I think that that's right. I think Michigan. I'm going to go right. with Michigan State. It is my understanding that we're supposed to play ball. Thank you again. You well done, guys. Um, they won the championship in the year 2000. That was Mateen, Cleves, and the Flintstones, if you can remember. And, yeah, that's why I almost I say this all the time. Like, all you need is one. Tom Izzo is a legendary college basketball coach. He's been to probably seven Final Fours. Didn't he lose it a couple years ago? Yes, national yep. title game a few times. Yep. But he only has one. Jim Beheim, same deal. Just have the one. Tom Izzo won his only title 22 years ago, and shockingly, that's the last Big Ten team to win a national basketball tournament. And I think shocking. The, I think the 1997 year that was brought up was Arizona. It was, Brader. You were correct. Well, yeah, that, and that's why I told you that's the last time I think the Pac-12 won it. It is 97. Lou yeah, Olson, Mike Bibby, and those guys. About. It's crazy. Yeah, that man. was the last time they. Okay, yeah. you're two for two. You already have the tickets, Davey Boy. Congratulations. Now you're I want on the Wall of Fame. <laughs> now, now you're on your own and you want the Wall of Fame. Here is your opportunity. It's too bad because right. I know JP would have known this instantly. Um okay. Dave, Davey Boy, what movie starring Mel Gibson won the Oscar for Best Picture in nineteen ninety five? The only one I can think of is that crazy one where he was some kind of native, but that isn't it. Um, Mel Gibson. Mel yep, Gibson. Mel Gibson starred in the Oscar winner for Best Picture, 1995. What was the movie? I need an answer, Davey. I don't think I can give you one. I'm just going to be wasting your time. Bad breaks and crooked riffs. Uh, Tell the answer da- would be Braveheart. Ugh, really? Dang yep. it. Yeah, I should have known that. Braveheart oh, won Best bad. Picture. Prayer, you've actually <laughs> yeah, seen that, was- that one? You know what? Yeah, I've talked about um, this on this show before. It's the only, as an adult, well, probably my whole life, it's the only movie I've ever walked out of. 
It was so oh, bad. Oh, really? I so loved bad. it. So loved bad. It. So you bad. will never take our freedom! Good movie. It's a long movie. Davey Boy. So bad. Well done, man. Thanks for listening to the show. Good luck with those tickets. And thank you, Advanced Heating and Cooling. How about 24-hour availability? How about fixing old furnace systems and AC that you have? And check this out. It was hot today. If you're like, oh, dude, our AC's not really working that well, call Advanced Heating and Cooling and get ahead of the game. These HVAC companies are going to be up to their ears in business. Okay, it's going to get busy. Call Advanced Heating and Cooling. Make sure your AC is ready because it's going to happen before you know it. Hank Bachmeyer. Ever heard of him? Starting quarterback, Boise State. Next on Idaho Sports Talk. Brenner in the ballgame. Love ya. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Prater in the ball game, Idaho Sports Talk. What's happening, guys? Fat Guys Fresh Deli Hotline open at 208-424-9300. Cloverdale Plumbing text line, same number for hour number three on a Monday. A couple of things we're going to get into this hour. Um, I First, I will ask you, we're going to talk Mike Krzyzewski. Prater was blown away at the Coach K hate over the weekend. He was getting destroyed on social media. Prater doesn't get why folks out there don't necessarily root and maybe even appreciate on Coach K enough. Do you understand, if so, why Coach K seems to be as much hated as he is loved? Is that is that well to put there, Prater? I want to know why you hate him. Okay. That's all I want to know. <laughs> um, Hank Bachmeyer. We had a chance to catch up with Hank Bachmeyer today. He spoke to the media first time in spring ball, and uh, Hank Bachmeyer started to talk, hey, Injury, torn meniscus. How tough was this whole deal? Boise State fan, here's your quarterback. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, sitting down on the toilet was pretty tough. Uh, I mean, doing that, um, like, yeah, walking down some stairs. I mean, it was it was tough. It was difficult. Um, but, you know, we, we had a good plan. Uh, the doctors did, uh, the athletic trainers here. So, um, I just wanted to do whatever I could to, to be on that field and play. And, uh just dealing with the past, getting COVID and injuries before, I just knew I didn't want to miss any games. So, Maybe I'm off, but I had heard a rumor that you were – maybe the plan was to have a surgery at some point last season and that you kind of talked him out of it or pushed him out of it. I, like I said, I wasn't missing a game. So. How are you doing right now physically? I mean, I'm doing all right. Like, no brace. I mean, I'm jumping around, running, so full speed. So I feel good. Um, yeah, feeling great. It was meniscus or something? Or what was it was it? my meniscus, yeah. So, so I uh, tore my meniscus and um, – just had to get it cleaned up. So There's Hank Bachmeyer, and he also spoke about, and I didn't realize this, Prater, this is the first year Hank Bachmeyer goes into a season with the same offensive coordinator. He's got a really weird resume. Fourth-year starter in college football, that just doesn't happen anymore. Okay. You know, up until now, he's had a different offensive coordinator every single year, and, and I don't think we uh, we factor that into the equation as much as we probably should. That's a big, big deal for these guys, and uh you know, it's like starting a 100-yard dash, you know, 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage when you have to learn the playbook, learn the terminology, so many different things. So, mm-hmm. you know, Hank was able to describe today, you know, how much of an advantage that is for him. I think in a lot of areas, um, you know, it's nice though, just having that continuity uh, with the second-year OC. I've actually never had that. So it's been nice so far just getting my uh, – 
getting used to the offense and just having a, a year of experience uh, just in that uh, playbook and, and running again this year. And it's it's been uh, fun so far this spring. What do you know about the offense today that you wouldn't have known this time last year that you think puts you further ahead? I think I had a lot on my plate last year. Um, and just being in it again and, and seeing everything so far again and just, you know, coming into my fourth year, I th- feel like I'm seeing the field really well right now. So. Harry dives in just a little bit more, you know, in terms of just being on the same page with Tim Plow. We had a chance to talk to the offensive coordinator the other day and Hank today. And, you know, this is, he just kind of dives back into the relationship just a little bit more. But being on the same page with Tim Plow and how important that is. It's really nice. Uh, I really love Coach Plow and, and just his personality and our ability to be able to communicate back and forth and just kind of, uh, he values my input and uh, the quarterback's input. So it's just nice to be able to communicate with him, be on the same page with him, and then just like I said, being having his playbook for a second year is really nice. So do you, do you feel like because of that, maybe other things you're just natural development? Uh, right now, you're more ahead of your game and more comfortable about your game than ever before. I would say right now, mentally, I feel like I'm the best that I've ever been. Just like I said, having that experience, having having Coach Avalos is is super nice. Having Coach D learn what they're trying to accomplish on the defensive side of the ball. Because now I feel like I have got a better understanding of that offense. I can kind of take another step, um, uh, another level. When fans criticize Hank in the past, I, I think a lot of it has to do with his mental game. Yeah, he makes mistakes, but it's about the decision-making. And, okay. and so when Hank Bachmeyer stands up, and sure, he's got to go out on the, football and prove, on the football field and prove it. And last year, he's coming off of his best, most consistent, most available season. You know, when he says that he's better than he's ever been mentally, as a Boise State football fan, I think I want to hear that from this specific quarterback more than anything else, yep. even coming off that knee injury. So yep. I wasn't too worried about the knee injury. Um, we're all worried about, not worried, but we're all concerned as fans that uh, we want our quarterback making the best decisions available. And if he's stress-free and mentally strong, uh, that's, that's a huge, huge sign for me, ballgame. It's huge. I agree with you. And a lot of those mistakes, like it's, a first quarter mistake doesn't weigh as much as the fourth quarter yeah. mistake on the final drive of yeah. the game, trying to get your team into field goal range and making some some play that fans would call a bonehead decision. And uh, if he's in the right place mentally, now that we're paying attention to where these kids are mentally, yeah, no question, that's big time. Uh, Hank Bachmeyer, where did you get better this year? Just think uh, overall, just getting better, making better decisions, uh, and and that consistency to make the uh, the best decision for each play. You know, you can't do it one game and 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 do it uh, and miss it another game, and you can't do it for three quarters and and, and struggle for in, uh, in a different quarter. You know, it's it's every single play, and that's what separates you know good from great quarterbacks. And um, I just want to be able to make the right decision every single play. All right, here's where the interview gets a little bit fun. You know, Hank Bachmeyer being asked about being a four-year starter, being asked about his legacy. Uh, I think we all remember the last time that there was a four-year starter around here. And uh, Well, actually, Rip, Rip, yeah, Rip 2, Rip 2, but uh, you know who I'm talking about, number 11. Number 11 came up in this answer. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, you know, Kellen is is Kellen. Um, You know, that guy caused me a little bit of stress every once in a while. but I mean, he's he's obviously an incredible person to try and chase. Brett, some of these other guys. Um, uh, it's an honor to be able to play quarterback here. Uh, but just just for myself, you know, I, I just uh, want to come in every single day and, and be my best. And um, I'm excited for this season. The starting quarterback at Boise State University 
is the most scrutinized and most important position in all of sports in this state. There's not any other position at any other school or any other sport that's even coming close to this. And Hank's warned that. He gets it. He knows that, hey, they're going to love you when you're winning. And when you're not, yeah, it's not very fun all the times. And I think Hank learned a lot from that last year, being the guy who went 7-5. and five. And I think Hank realizes what he just said. i got to figure out a way to go from good to great, Prater. And I think Hank Bachmeyer needs to needs to play a lot better this year, I think, than he did last year, and and we'll see if he can do it. He's potentially ha- he potentially has two years to play. You know, he could stick around and, yes. and be one of those rare five year starters. Uh, we did ask him that today about when all this talk did go to legacy talk and ask about. You know, we understand that he certainly has a uh, a short term goal in terms of this football team, but uh, what about the big picture? A little bit, I think. Just just. Uh... Like I said, football is a very humbling uh, experience, and I think when you look a little bit too far, you get humbled very, very quickly. And uh, I'm just taking it one day at a time, and uh, just like I said, coming in trying to do my best to compete. You think he sticks around two more years? The question is: Is Talon Green ready, willing, and able to sit for two more years? And I say no. So I think there's going to be a decision that this program's going to have to make: either letting Talon Green go. To have a again having a guy who's your week one starter for five years like that that could be a special deal and maybe they can win more games these next two years with Hank than Talon maybe Talon's cool with it maybe he's not yeah. that's going to be a major play major situation I was at practice today and I was watching these guys throw the deep ball I put a couple of them on my Twitter space and and for me it looks like. Taylor Green throws a little bit better of a deep ball than Hank Bachmeyer for what you, for what the John Mallory quarterback evaluation community school is worth, which is nothing. But Taylor throws a really nice ball. Hank throws a pretty good ball. Yeah, Hank's never been a great at throwing yeah. a deep ball. I mean, we've talked about that for two or three yeah. years, and that's that's certainly not his deal. But man, it'd be really hard to pass on a five-year quarterback yeah. who gets better every single year. I, you know, he's not gonna. It's not like he's heading to the NFL anytime soon. Uh, so I, I think that there will be a decision to make. And, and uh, you know, Andy Evelos talks about competition now. Hank Bachmeyer will be your starting quarterback in September, unless something really bad goes wrong. But at one point during the season, and certainly in the next off season, that's going to be a big, big question. Regardless, Hank Bachmeyer still has to deal with pressure. He has to deal with outside noise. He has to deal with the legacy of being a BSU quarterback. And he talked about how he dealt with that today. It's a humbling experience. Like I said, it's a it's a big honor. Um, uh, you just you have to believe in yourself all the time. Uh, you know, people are gonna be very nice to you when you guys are winning. Um, might be the other way, but uh, I'm very appreciative of the fans and everybody. And obviously, they care very much about Boise State football, as do I. I love this freaking school, and um, I'm just want to be my best for it. So, I asked Hank Bachmeyer what his philosophies on leadership were and how what type of a leader he is. You know, this is going to be a guy who's starting his fourth week one opening game start, I should say, for this team. And and here's Hank Bachmeyer talking about leadership. You know, it's something that I think I've had to work on since I've been here. Uh, I've always just felt like, uh, you know, I hate not being authentic. You know, I'm myself uh, every single day. And... Um, the way that I try to do is I'm going to go out there and I'm, you know, I'm going to 
be a tough guy and, and show them that, um, you know, I'm out here. I'm going to, you know, play my heart out for you guys. And um, I want you guys to, to do the same. And um, as long as I'm dialed and I kind of got everything under control uh, in my operation, then I feel like I can be able to, you know, tell another guy, hey, you got to line up here or you got to get this block. You got to pick this up. Um, I think that's when you can be able to say something. It's kind of when you got your own house sorted out. All right, this last one is for all you Austin Bolt fans. We've been sitting around waiting for Austin Bolt for a couple of years, and it yep. hasn't worked out, hasn't come through. So we're going to tease you a little bit. Originally, Hank was asked about life without Shaq. He praised him and his NFL Combine stuff for a few seconds, and, and then eventually talk went to an expanded wide receiver room. I mean, I'm always excited to have you know a plethora of guys. I mean, if 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 guys can get to the standard of Khalil and there's a plethora of them, I wouldn't mind that either. Uh, now you're getting greedy. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, there's. I'm excited. You know, we do have some experience. Billy Bones is a guy that I'm ex- really excited about him. Uh, take a uh, expand his role. Davis, um, Static, uh, L- Latrell. I'm really excited about him. Austin Bolt's been looking insane. So uh, just really excited about a lot of these guys. Uh, George is is looking really good. Uh, I'm just really excited yeah, about this offense. Who's a receiver on this roster that nobody outside the program knows about right now, but they're going to be talking about come this fall? Yeah, I mentioned Austin Bolt. Um, you know, he's a local legend here, so I'm sure people know him. But uh, the guy is, you know, his hair looks like he's bald and it's, you know, it's bleached, blonde. He, he's paler than these walls. He's he's 115 pounds and he's going out there and he's mossing dudes. So. Um, he's special. Just got to get him dialed in, and uh, I'm excited about him. You got Moss, man. No, you got Austin bolted in Prater. You know I like the hype. You know I like the local flavor. You know I love talking about Austin Bolton. Here we go into year three. Like, this is make or break year. You have to be a major contributor year three. JP's blushing right now. He loves the voltage. Dude, this is, gives us an entire summer talk about Austin Bolt like every single day on this show. <sighs> ah! I'm not ready for that. Oh, dude. Just repeat the last two summers. Uh, just kidding, but love it, man. And uh, yeah, hey, Hank's on Hank Bachmeyer's on the Austin Bolt train. I mean, they this this receiving room needs him. Mm. I think. I mean, I think Austin Bolt gives them dimension on the deep ball that I don't know if Static or Bowens or Caples or Cutter gives you a physical specimen of an athlete running a nine round down the floor, I'm sorry, down the sideline floor, I'm in basketball mode, down the field that can jump over a dude to make a catch. Like, you're just skeptical. Well, yeah, yeah okay. I'm skeptical for the right reasons because the coaches have agreed the last two years. I mean, I, I, I need to see it. Mm-hmm. After three years, yeah, I'm, I'm not criticized. I just need to see it. Okay, period. and I, I'm with you on the last I'm two not years. Gonna, I'm, I'm not, not saying he should have been playing the last two years. I have no idea. I have no idea. I just know that he hasn't played for two years. And so there's a reason why he's not been playing for two years. Um, and there's hype and expectations for two years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we still, you know, he's played every position in practice that known to man in football. Yeah. He's listed on the roster as a tight end. They talk about him as a wide receiver. I, I, nobody knows what to do with this great, great phenomenal athlete who can't figure out a way to be a great football player. I want it to happen. But until it happens, I'll be skeptical, yes. 208-424-9300, Culverdale Plumbing text line. What are your expectations for Austin Bolt this season? Is 2022 the year of the Bolt? Let us know. Next, Prater says, I hate Mike Krzyzewski. And maybe there's evidence of it. 
But when I sit there and I'm alone with my thoughts, I never think, I hate Coach K. But you know what? Maybe I do. Maybe I'm going to go on Prater's couch and he's going to tell me, no, Johnny, look in the mirror, admit it to yourself, you hate Coach K. Prater says he has evidence. We're doing it when I come back, when we come back, when I come back. This is my show now, damn it. We've got your work days covered. Jim Rome at 10, Rich Eisen at 1, and Prater in the ball game at 3. Eight hours of the best sports talk on Sports Radio The Ticket. It's hard for me to believe this is over. And uh, um, so I'm just going to say the regular season's over. All right. Uh, Mike Shushevsky, I know for those that revere him tough way to go out on your last regular season game but obviously the ultimate prize is still fully available i like that duke team and then for all the guys who are people out there who who like seeing duke lose and like seeing coach k lose his temper or emotions get the best of him a lot of people were smiling that the north carolina tar heroes were able to do that in the in cameron indoor stadium on saturday and prater you just couldn't you saw a lot of it on Twitter, and I did too. After that whole thing was going down, there was almost more hate than love. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I was blown away. I certainly understand that uh, this Coach K has been a uh, polarizing figure for a long, long time. It was a really, really, really bad day for him. I mean, the whole karma thing. I, I, I told you before, I'm a big believer in karma. So somebody out there hates him. And for whatever reason, I'm not sure we'll get to the bottom of that here. But his pregame show was all messed up because of TV. His postgame show was all messed up. He lost the game. It was just a complete total disaster. Mm-hmm. It was a complete total dumpster fire of a day for a guy who had deserved to have his day. I'm not a Mike Krzyzewski lover by any means. Uh, we, we, we respect him. I respect him like we all respect him. Um, I think I kind of like him, but I, I never really thought about it till this weekend. And then I saw the stuff on social media and just the intense, intense, intense hatred for this dude. I don't get it. And then I come into the meeting this morning and I said that. And all of a sudden, Johnny's bouncing off the walls. He's screaming. He's yelling. He's standing up. I, at one point, I felt threatened, ball game that you were you were so fired yeah. up and so... It was just four dudes in an office and you got really crazy fired up. And I, I did. I go, ball game. You hate Mike Krzyzewski, don't you? And you wouldn't answer. I've been trying to get you to admit that you hate the Pittsburgh Steelers. You won't, even though you do hate the Steelers. I've been Now I'm trying to get you to admit that you hate Mike Krzyzewski. I don't know why you hate him, but you do, even though you won't admit it. Why do you hate Mike Krzyzewski? Why does anybody hate Mike Krzyzewski? Wait, I have an answer. Yes. You're jealous, mm-hmm. period. You're jealous of the man's success. Yes, he's got a few warts. Yes, he lives in a competitive environment. Yes, he gets out <laughs> there and gets after her sometimes. But if you hate Mike Krzyzewski, you hate him for one reason and one reason only. You're jealous. 208-424-9300. Why do, you, why do folks, why do you, why does anybody hate Coach K? We'd like to hear from you. But first, you know, I'll, I'll, talk to, I'll talk to you about this, Prater. And, Go. And, because Prater comes into the meeting today, and that's because we said, like, all the Coach K hate on social media. Like, how can anybody hate this guy? And I was like, wait, are you kidding me? Like, I have multiple examples of what I'm about to say on why people dislike this dude. It's all over the place. I, I, I understand why people love him, too, but just a couple of things here. And I, I wrote these down, guys. Coach K, why he frustrates people. He, he's, he's a poor loser, and, and he wears his poor loserness just right on his sleeve. And you can almost see him steaming 
And a lot of people actually like that. I love seeing Duke lose. I love seeing the Yankees lose. I love seeing the Cowboys and the Lakers lose. Manchester United, all those guys. Duke basketball is just one of those teams that if, if you're not a big fan, you love seeing them lose. Are you becoming JP? No, no I just Prater, that's God. Are you becoming Prater, JP? Don't even go there. Right, well, you just said you hate all these teams, and you just named all the great teams. You son of a bitch! You've, you're you're becoming JP, who's becoming his parents. You're becoming yeah. Mister JP. Yeah, sounds like it. You, you, you're you're, so like, you're I, jealous. It's, it's the Yankee phenomenon. You're jealous. I root again. I, I don't like seeing Duke win. I hate it. Anyway, because you're jealous. He's condescending with reporters. The two incident, incidents of him and student reporters at Duke. Two. In 46 years? Two incidents. In class. 40 years? 46 years. Yes, two. Two, two incidences incident. in 40 years. Yep. About 40 years apart, too. I'm sure there were others, but those two really stood out of him just being an arrogant baghead. Um, you do how, hate him. Wow, okay. you do hate him. Um, how you really he, hate him. JP, how he grills officials. And he has this oh, Coach please. A stare please. at officials. Like, if you make that stinking call again, I'll have your ass in the Patriot League next year. Yeah, and, and no- nobody else does that. Nobody else does okay. that. They, the time he scolded Oregon player Dylan Brooks in the NBA. You know, it was an interesting situation at the end of a tournament game. Oregon ended Duke's season, and in the in the in the in the layup line, not layup line, in the handshake line, he grabs Dylan Brooks and he says, you're too good of a player to do that. Don't do that. Don't he chastised him. Don't do that to somebody else's player. Coach K, you know what? He's mad. He just lost. Dylan Brooks pissed him off, taking a shot late, and he yells at him. Chast scolds him. That's a good word. Scolds him at the end of the game. I'm going to keep going. Remember when 2020, the COVID year, Duke stunk? That was like one of the worst teams K's had. And then he comes out there and he wants to cancel the whole season. It's just so Coach K, like, you know, his team's not playing well, so you know what, let's just cancel the whole season this year. He tried to do that. His halftime interviews, we all watch games on ESPN, the head coach has to talk at halftime. K never does. He always sends, and this has been 15 years of it, he sends his associate head coach to do the halftime interview, and every other big-name coach does the stupid interview. He doesn't, and ESPN doesn't care um, I remember the, the year that they really did stink, 1995, a 4-15 and record in the ACC or beyond. He put that all on Pete Godette when, in most cases, the coach, every other case they could find, the coach, you absorb that team's overall record on your record. Coach K, nope, uh, Pete Godette, you're 4-15, and 15, lifetime as a Duke coach. Um, Will, William Avery's mother, uh, William Avery was one of the first players to leave Duke Early, William Avery left Duke after his sophomore year. And William Avery's mother said, Coach K called her and said, your son is effing up my program. We don't take uh, two-year players. You have to be a four-year player at Duke. This is what we do. You have to graduate, and you're messing up my program. William Avery's mom talked about that. William Avery wasn't a very good NBA player. Maybe Coach K was right, but he still got a boat full of cash. And then the one-and-done thing. We don't take one-and-dones at Duke. We're too good for it. It's ruining college basketball. The day I take one-and-dones is the day I don't go, oh, what are you, okay, last decade, you've had more one-and-dones than any other player. Look, he's always been an a-hole. He learned from the biggest a-hole in the history of the sport, Robert Montgomery Knight, who coached him in college, Bobby Knight. Martin Luther King once said, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. 
And I've seen multiple situations in times of challenging controversy where Coach K comes off like a smug-ass jerk face. Do I hate him? Admit it. You just proved that you hate him. Admit it. Just I don't know if it. I do. Flat out I say just, it. I just understand why people do, Michael. You realize that more than half of those things that you talked about, every coach in college football does or has done or will mm. continue to do. So you're picking on one guy because of success. You're picking on one guy because you're jealous of his success. You're taking one guy who had a 46-year career and 95% of the things that he did were successful and life-changing to hundreds and hundreds of young adults. And you're picking up five or six. Avery Williams' mother, William Avery? I don't even know who the hell you're talking about. Look him up. You're talking about his mother? You're po- you, you pointed out one incident of a man's 45-year career. Google William Avery, I don't mother, need to. Coach K. You'll get the whole to. shebang. I, I think that was pretty detailed and why people don't like Mike Shashevsky? Because he traded Mrs. Williams bat poorly. Yes, that's part of it. He scolds, oh. but he's just he's just yeah yeah. I'm not going to convince you, other than the fact that I'd like for you to at least admit that you hate him. But my you gosh, don't. You look at his resume. You oh, here comes the stroke job. Here comes the stroke job of a guy that he hates. I mean, he's got like since like 1985, Prater. Since 85. He's had four years of double-digit losses. That's it. Four years of losing more than 10 games since 85. Say a what? And I just... I'm not listening to you when you give him credit. He's you the hate him. best coach maybe in any sport of my lifetime or most accomplished. No one has Kay's resume, and that might include Bill Belichick, right? Bill Jackson, huh? But, dude, he, it's Bill jealousy. Jackson and Bill Belichick don't come off like the smug a-hole that Coach K does sometimes. And I'm, all I'm saying is that I understand when people aren't a fan of the guy, whoa, sometimes whoa, whoa, doesn't whoa, make whoa. it easy. Belichick doesn't come off as a smug a-hole? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's how his death, that's how his tombstone's going to start. Are you kidding me? You just, Bill Belichick doesn't come Traitor. off as a smug a-hole, but Mike Krzyzewski does. You just said that. Yeah. Different, a different type. Oh, of here maybe, comes the round. Maybe the, condes- oh, yeah. maybe the condescending way that Coach K does it. Where and, and, and Bill, Bill Belichick's just, not condescending. He, no, he's just right in your face. Hey, I'm an a hole, and I don't like any of you. Here's who I am. At least he wears it on his sleeve. I think K has a cover up. He works on. We're about family at Duke, and oh, it's just anyway. I just yeah, I understand when people don't like him. You hate him. What do you guys think? Two zero eight four two four ninety three hundred JP. Uh, we got soapboxes to jump on, don't we? Prater, I don't know what I'm doing yet. I'm gonna come up with a really good soapbox. <laughs> what are you? What are you soapboxing? You can't have my idea. I won't steal it. I promise. What is it? I don't know. You really don't have one either. I don't either. So me and Prater are gonna put a soapbox together in like two minutes. We're gonna come back and we're gonna rock your world. Prater in the ball game, Idaho Sports Talk. If you've got three minutes, we've got some self-important things to say. It's the 90-second soapbox with Mike Prater and Johnny Mallory on Sports Radio The Ticket. Okay, what's it going to stinking take to get this Kellen Moore statue off the ground? What, a Johnny Ballgame GoFundMe page? I mean, don't threaten me with trying to raise money for a statue of Kellen, because you guys know, I'll get that son of a gun done. Easy peasy. Why do I say that? Well, Norman, Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Sooners, 
Boise State fan, you're familiar with this program. <laughs> well, they will unveil on April 23rd, the day of their spring game, a complete statue of Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is getting a statue outside the stadium at Oklahoma. Uh, he will join Billy Vessels, Steve Owens, Billy Sims, Jason White, Sam Bradford on display in what they call Heisman Park across the street from Memorial Stadium. Yes, and Kyler Murray, by the way, will also be added, and he will get a statue after Baker Mayfield. So Oklahoma's having no problem with this Baker Mayfield statue, no problem with this new Kyler Murray statue. The kids will love it. People walk over to every Mariner game I've went to since the Griffey statue was revealed. I go by the statue and kiss it before I walk into the stadium. And the Edgar statue now, too. Statues are cool. They're like rides at theme parks. People just want to be around it. Let's get that lefty gunslinging statue up of our boy Kellen. Boise State, it's okay. You can do it. You don't even have to pay for it, yo. You can easily find someone to put that bill. Get off it. While Johnny continues to hate Coach K, there's somebody out there that I have a huge, huge man crush on. I've been accused of having too many man crushes. That's like having too many football teams you follow. I get it. I understand it. But I have a huge man crush and always will on Kirk Herbstreet. And now the reports are coming out that Kirk Herbstreet is going to join Al Michaels and Amazon as the Thursday night NFL color analyst. Not on your television. Well, if you have Prime on your television you know the streaming service that's coming to a station near you and Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet? Are you kidding me? Two of my all-time favorite announcers sign me up right now, Johnny Ballgame style. Al Michaels has been a favorite for a lot of us for many, many years for many, many reasons. And Kirk Herbstreet is the ambassador for college football. Yes, it would be a little weird to have him move over to the National Football League. He's not leaving ESPN. He would do the Thursday games, fly to game day on Friday morning, do the games on Saturday Kirk Herbstreet, if you remember, has done NFL football games each of the last two seasons. And I think he's done a pretty dang good job. Kirk Herbstreet knows football as well as anybody and has a fresh approach to what the National Football League is. So Kirk Herbstreet and Al Michaels, two of the best in the business, something new, something different, something fresh. That whole Amazon thing is going to be weird to begin with. Again, it's not going to be on your TV. You have to have Prime. It's going to be streamed. It'll be in your local market, but Boise's not our local market. So it's going to be different in the first place. I love this idea. And I think Kirk Herbstreet branching out and doing something different because he's been doing the same thing for, what, 30 stinking years? Give me something different for Kirk Herbstreet. Give me something good and different for the National Football League. Give me something good and different for Thursday Night Football. Ball game. This checks every single box. I love Kirk Herbstreet in the NFL. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. By the way, ballgame, I have already sent official requests and received the official documents. Not on a statue, because your statue idea is not good. <laughs> but renaming University Drive, Kellen Moore Drive. I have all the documents that it takes to get that done. And we're going to get that done. And we're going to take credit for it. You and I are going to get that done. And, and yeah. Kellen Moore's statue, your, your beef was... I mean, it's not about the money. You know, they'll come up with the money. It's about whether they want to do it. It took them 40 years to get Lyle Smith's statue for crying right. out loud. Yeah. So, but we have 
I have all the official documents and all the things you have to do. Really? And we're going to officially start working on it here in a couple of weeks. We've been a little busy with basketball and football, but we're going to have a campaign this summer. I love it. And we're going to make it happen, Paul Game. Kel Moore's going to get a street. and we'll, you know, If yeah. we can get you a statue to make you happy, I'm all for that as well. Yeah. Could we ever get I, him on the show? Yeah. God, it'd be nice if somebody we knew could get him on the show for us. He has not texted me back <laughs> since the last time I texted him, JP. And again, you ruined my relationship with Kellen Moore. Which is funny because, you know, I have his text as well. I've never used it. I will, I'm going to send him a text, and I bet you he says, Pray to all come on Tuesday at 3. That would crush you, though, wouldn't it? No, I, no it wouldn't. I, would, I wouldn't want to do that to you. I love you too much. I wouldn't want to Prater, do that to you. Prater, it wouldn't bug me. It would bug you. It wouldn't. I mean, hey, you hate he, Coach K? You hate the Steelers? No, I... Yes, I'm getting, yes, I'm getting yes. shredded on the text line for Coach K. Like, I just... I think there's evidence there of him being kind of a jerkwad in some interesting moments there, and I understand why certain people, he's not their guy. Now, would they love to have him coach their team? Duh, of course. Jealousy, jealousy, jealousy. Sorry, JP. That's all right, and that's your sports update. Being hijacked by... Pre- now, a couple of quick notes. Uh, Boise State just out of the, outside of the top 25. First among teams receiving votes. And in the media poll today, Leon Rice, Coach of the Year, Tyson Degenhardt, Freshman of the Year, David Roddy, Colorado State Player of the Year. Would you vote for Roddy as Player of the Year? Yes, I would. I think I would. Yep, I think David I Roddy's Player of the Year. I, I, he's the kind of guy I don't want to. Uh, I don't like him, but I want him on my team. Yep. But he's he's Player of the Year. You know, it's going to be really hard for an NBA team to cut David Roddy. Seriously, yeah. right? He might be a second round pick. He might not even get picked. But you know he's going to be in a camp, and he's going to get in camp, and he's going to blow the whole thing up, and the coaching staff is going to love him, and David Roddy's going to be in the NBA for 10 years. Like, I just see it with that kid. Uh, what do you have to say on the Cloverdale Plumbing text line? 208-424-9300. It is time for feedback finale. This is when you say yay or nay, or we love you, or we hate you. This is where you just come and be a part of the show. We want to hear from you next. JP's getting them right now, so text in. Idaho Sports Talk. The good, the not so good. Long form, short form. Tell us who you are or be anonymous. We'll take it all. It's time for the feedback finale on Idaho Sports Talk on Sports Radio, The Ticket. Let's jump to the Cloverdale Plumbing text line and hear from Ryan from California. Ball game and Prater debating about Coach K is why I listen Excellent back and forth with two different perspectives. Mostly Johnny going off like a yeah. crazy, crazy man. I'm crazy. just still waiting for him to say, yes, I hate Mike Krzyzewski. <laughs> I just want him to say that. The key that, you know, we, we respect each other. You know, uh, it's good when we don't uh, always agree. I get it. But uh, and then they, are fun. Then they hug it out. They hug it out at the end and give them it, each it, other that look. It never gets personal. Special. At least it hasn't yet. And it's I hope it never does. A special hug. A special. We need to hotkey that <laughs> with KHG saying, I gave Hank a special hug before the season started or after the season. He said, he said, he gave him a special hug. What's a special hug? <laughs> Josh thinks differently about Coach K, though, Johnny. He says, love him, the GOAT. I've had the pleasure of meeting him a few times years back. Such a humble man, a great person. Ooh, Johnny would yeah, disagree. Go, yeah. yeah, humility. Get off it. Okay, here we go. Let's get to this one, Johnny. You can respond to this one. Donald, looking over at the Big Sky Conference men's basketball bracket, and what is the deal with college basketball in Idaho? My God, the Vandals and Bengals are 9 and 10 seeds. 
How embarrassing. What makes it more ridiculous is the morons on the Idaho message boards saying the Idaho and Idaho State game should be the nightcaps instead of early in the day. Then he goes into all capitals here. They need to do better. Win some regular season games for God's sakes and maybe get a better seed. This is pathetic. Seed 9, seed 10. Donald's fired up there. Um, I mean, you could say the same about I just college basketball in the state of Idaho, which I don't think has won an NCAA tournament game in 30 years. Oh, oh really? Boise dude? State's yeah. 0 for life. Okay. Uh, Idaho hasn't won since, what, the early 80s? Okay, yeah. And I think Idaho State maybe won game like around 89, 8, 90 maybe, if I remember right. Well, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we suck at college basketball in this state, period. Sheldon asked Johnny, will you storm the floor if the Vandals win the Big Sky Conference Tournament? Absolutely, because there will be a lot of Vandal fans that do that, and I, hell yes, I'll be with them. Do me, it, it won't happen. Do me a favor. Take your media pass off first. Okay. Yes, sir. I will. So you're a fan. No, I will. Not totally. A working member. Totally. I'm going to try to sneak my way courtside anyway. Just to tell you that right now, JP. I, I mean, I think there's going to be spots available. And I mean, is anybody really going to come and <laughs> tell me to leave, Prater? I mean, yeah, probably. But by the way, on that one point, too, it's like, why don't they play the Idaho and Idaho State games in primetime? Well, on that Wednesday when they're playing, the primetime games, the night games, Prater, are the semifinals in the women's bracket. Yes. So it does make sense. You're not going to have the women play a semifinal at 9.30 in the morning. I mean, no. maybe some tournaments would, but no. yeah, I, I get it. But I get what that what that, that person is saying, too. You'd want to have more people in attendance. Not a lot of Vandal fans in this in this community are going to be able to go see their team play at freaking 9.30 in the morning. This Come is, on. This is a neutral tournament, as it should be. These kinds of deals should be neutral. The brackets and the slots are filled before, I mean, are, are identified before the season even starts. Nobody's out here giving anybody a home court advantage like they do in Vegas for UNLV. Coaches have been trying to get that thing out of Vegas for years. By the way, I gave the Idaho State Bengals 13 years of too much credit. It's been 1977. Yep, they beat UCLA. Yes. John Wooden. Yes, I, for whatever reason, I, I remember that game, but for some reason, I, re, I thought that there was one more in there. But it's been 1977. Since the state of Idaho won an NCAA tournament basketball game. Were you in high school that, that, that I mean, yes, Steve I was. Hayes on that team, yes. Jeff Cook? Yes. Like, that must have been a huge deal. You beat UCLA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Back then, they only had like 16 teams in the tournament. Dude. Something yeah. like that? I, I think it was. Eh. Yeah, they went to, they lost in the Elite Eight that year to UNLV and Tark. And probably was that like Reggie Theus? I can't remember what team he had. Armin Gilliam, a really good Vegas team, probably. Greg weighed in uh, talking about Boise State. He says he'd be more surprised if Boise State were one and done versus winning the Mountain West. I would agree with that. I think we all agree that uh, this team is different and the expectations for this team is to win it all. Joe poses the question uh, for Bronco Nation. Would you rather win the Mountain West Conference Tournament or one game in the NCAA Tournament? Oh, that's, that's easy. Yeah, exactly. The NCAA. That's not even a question. I mean, they could lose... Their opener on Thursday and still go to the NCAA. The one crown jewel that this program needs is winning a game in the tournament. That's the next step. Yes, period. Frankie and Cuna talking about gambling. In school, we couldn't play marbles because it was considered gambling. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cuna, I hear over there, they're really hard, you know, they take a hard look at gambling and they frown upon it in the schools over there. Um, Tom said he went to Frisco to see the kinks at Winterland. 
<laughs> I don't know if I should left three ounces of red Afghani hash in the car. When we got out, they had broke the window, stole two ounces, but left us one for the ride home. <laughs> yeah, I've read that one too. That's a good one. Lola, L A L A. Lola. Just, I, just I, don't I, smuggle your hash into Russia. Yeah, no oh, kidding. Brittany Griner. Yeah. She's not getting out anytime soon. What are we doing tomorrow? Do we know yet? A little this. Tyreek Jones, Boise State football star. Ho, ho, ho. He's got a few things to say. That's going to be a good one. All week, championship week continues. Boise State spring practice. Boise State getting ready for the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Hell yeah. I can't. I wish we were starting that show right now. I'm going to go home, and I'm going to wait until tomorrow. Love ya. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket.